Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you're having a great Tuesday night. I hope you're having a lot of fun. hope you're learning a lot watching the show. I know we are. Uh, welcome back to Bash You Live tonight, Pete. We're having a great show already. We're talking a little fall fishing, uh, talking a little bit about some reorg going on this time of the year. Mm. And also, we mentioned what a great time to learn. Give us that analogy, Pete, real quick about other sports, right? They get better. They watch tape. They review could do the same thing in fishing, right? It's no different. A absolutely. This yeah. is the time. This yeah. is the time when yeah. you when you uh, do your you know your reviews and you, you pick up new techniques or you know something that you have you know for me like we were just talking about the umbrella rig. Yeah. I I continue to uh, learn try to learn and develop this and put this into my arsenal. But uh, this is the time to do it, and and it's you know it's never an easier time to do it than right now with our cyber promotions going on. It's $49 for a six-month subscription, and it gives you access to everything Bash U, our over 900 instructional videos, and all of our tremendous discounts at Flambeau, at Missile, at Rapala, all the Rapala brands, and many, many other things. So uh, yeah. so get over there, get yourself subscribed. Stop what you're doing right now, get subscribed, because guess yeah. what? We haven't given away the big prizes yet. Oh. That's right. What does that mean? That means, it, it, so if somebody's watching, and they're not a subscriber, and they're like, holy shit, I love this. I, I need to have this. They subscribe. They're entered in a chance. How does this work? Well, we're, we're going to have a trivia question. Okay. Oh, uh, well, I don't know, Brian. How are we going to be giving away these prizes? Did you decide? Usually, Thanks Brian. Thanks for asking, Peter. Usually, Brian has a <laughs> trivia question. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> we will base it off of content from tonight's show. Oh. Ah, that's okay. right. Yeah, we have two mega prizes. Thanks to Oliver. Yes. Oliver and friends. Over and friends. Okay. Thank you for that detailed description. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was detailed. It's very detailed. Uh, one's about one's about $130 value, and yes. the grand prize is over $200. $200,000. Uh, full of g giant swim baits. Um, I want the one with the Defiant in it. That's the that's the prize package I want. I want yep. that two that 210. That's what I want. I want the 210. I want the 210. Want Give the me 210. the 210. Show me the 210. <laughs> 210. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw that last. 210. Give me the 210. 210. Uh, Brian, I think, we, I think we got, we, we've got Oliver on, on the line here. Uh, I want to introduce him, man. Ready, He's He is uh all-around good dude. Great guy. Good dude. Easy good to know. Good friend. Yeah. Um, Brian has all these notes here. I'll mention <laughs> I'll mention a few, but I but I, I have my own notes. Uh, okay. Big bait enthusiast, big bass dreams founder, content creator, tournament angler, dog owner. Yes, dog owner is a good one to throw <laughs> in there. <laughs> but the big thing I want to say is that Oliver has uh, changed the culture, and he's getting new people involved in fishing, and that means a lot, and, yeah. and we really appreciate that. But joining us now live on BU for like the second or third or fourth or fifth time, Oliver Nye. Yeah. Yes. Woo. Woo. What's up, man? Oh, hold on. Oh, no <laughs> sound. <laughs> I can't. Shocker. Well, yeah. did they, did, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any sound? We working? Oh, hey, there he is. Hey. Oh, whatever. I'm gonna have a heart attack. Sound works. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm um, good. Good. Back home finally after a really, really long road trip. I saw that. Now you, you know it's funny because when you know I follow, I'm a fan of following social media and I follow your stuff on social and. You know how like you fu you watch posts or you look at posts and you could almost feel the post. It's hard to describe it, right? Mm. But I could feel the sort of like relief. I don't know if relief's the right word, but I can feel the sense of ease 
in your last, you know, half a dozen, dozen posts being home. I can feel it. Is that what it feels like? It's like, it's like, ah. I sense <laughs> ease. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just familiarity, right, between being back home in SoCal, making a short little mini road trip up north to test out the new dog on his first little mini mission. Yeah. Um, you know, that's all familiar water up there for me. So it's just, just like you said, like just easing back into like rhythms that I'm familiar with, whether yeah. that's the weather. Uh, and you guys would have laughed at me because and Riley today because we went out saltwater fishing and we were dressed up like we were going Alaskan crab fishing. And it was probably a high of 65 degrees and the sun came out and broke through the fog. It, it was, you guys would have been ashamed of us. <laughs> That's but yeah, it's good to be home. Uh, quite, quite the adventure this year, but uh, it, I've been watching this whole show and I've been kind of caught in this mix of unpacking from the road uh, organizing old tackle like you yeah. guys are doing and and trying to decide what I need to leave behind next year because I need to leave a lot of crap behind. Yeah. And I'm going to stop faking the funk and pull this <laughs> thing away. <laughs> oh, look at it. Oh! <laughs> yes. Look at that. Is that right oh, we are crap we're, everywhere. Look at that. We're watching. This is the headquarters of eBay. We're yeah. looking at. <laughs> look at this. But now I got some room to stretch. Yeah. Like, Jeez. Uh, Jeez. Such a weight, you know, just coming off my shoulders right now. Well, uh, Oliver, help us answer because we we were sort of half arguing that question, which is you have those two schools of thought, right? You have the guys like Patrick Walters that carry it all. 40 rods, 50 rods in the boat. Boat won't go 63. You have guys like Ish that are, his boat, he's got a, uh, well, he had a Ranger. I don't know what he's in now, but his, back when he had the Ranger, it was gone like 50, right? With, you know, just because it was a Ranger. <laughs> um, but he's got no tackle in his boat. Uh, you like how I'm busting every other boat brand tonight? <laughs> you're very subtle. About I know. It. I am very subtle. It's sneaky how you're what, getting it in there. What's the right answer, Oliver? Is is it better to have it all, or is it better to be streamlined? Man, it, it's that's a tough one because I I kind of steer towards your philosophy on that, Mike. I like having all of my options, and yeah. I think I'm trapped by how I was fascinated as a young angler coming up and then wanting to catch fish as many different ways as i could yeah and i've built a lot of confidence catching them a ton of ways and it's it's hurt me because of my poor off-brand boat performance uh, <laughs> <laughs> now i didn't mention your brand i did not mention your brand <laughs> thus far thus far we busted ranger and what was the other one cayman no what no what was the other one threw Led, skeeter under the bus is it skeeter what's yeah. patrick waters whatever i didn't <laughs> but yeah it's it's tough because even when i'm going to these new fisheries it, i'm going through a much deeper darker hole of more things I have to try to catch them on. Yeah. Especially since I have so much experience catching them on like so many different things. Like, so that, that puzzle is even greater for me. Yeah. So it's been tough, man. Like practices uh, are gnarly. You can, you can look at any of my content and the front deck of my boat has got piles. <laughs> of rock. I because I'm a trash that. fisherman. At heart, too. Being yeah. here in Southern California, our bodies of water are like your guys'. Most of them are little. Yeah. Right? It's hard to develop a pattern running docks when you have one dock or, uh, you know, running trees when there's 
half a lay down in the entire lake. Yeah. So you become really good at trash fishing and picking fish off specific pieces of cover uh, to fill out a limit uh, or your day. So I, I'm definitely haunted by the tackle um, junkie and hoarder mentality. Yeah. And I, I definitely saw the benefits of it this year in trying to streamline it throughout the the practice events and into the tournament days and thankfully i'd only have really like two or three main lures i'd kind of have narrowed down but then i still kind of needed my options in case i ran across a specific scenario where i might only make one cast that day yeah but like man that one cast can be the, a big deal right so yeah i'm trying to get better at it because i have just tupperware boxes of tackle that i brought with me on the road and i maybe used uh, like twenty percent of it. Yeah, yeah. I th I think and it's a I think it's a struggle, and I think the answer is to find to meet in the middle. You know, to find that happy medium. Yep. Uh, Oliver, we've got a lot of people watching and listening right now that are super envious of what you did this year. Which is, man, you said I'm doing it. I'm jumping in. I'm going for it. You fished all all the events on the Open Series. Uh, get th these guys that are watching and listening. Give them a give them a little synopsis of your of your first year. Give them a little you know just a rough gauge of how it went. Was it was it everything you expected? Was it less than you expected? Was it more? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, it was a lifetime dream come true. Because honestly, awesome. man, yeah, thirty eight and a half years of my life, I, I never felt like that was within reach in my means. I mean, dude, I spent a lot of money this year to go to go do that with the, the support of, of my freaking brand partners, and I couldn't be there without them. But it took a long time of leveraging myself from where I started, uh, both in fishing and just financially and as an adult, uh, trying to wrap my head around the, the whole thing uh, from a mental perspective. And what I was ultimately the the most taken back by was how much freaking fun I had. That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. Like, even the first Northern, right. And I, I'm shooting Insta live videos and I, I'm getting you to say something stupid. I'm getting Chad Pippen to say something stupid. I got Zaldane on the bank <laughs> saying something stupid. And I'm just like, dude, this is badass. That's awesome. And I can't even imagine what the future would be like if I could actually not suck for at least two or three days in a row. Um, so if you go in there with the, the highest of expectations, but like keep your feet firmly planted on yeah. the ground in reality yeah. and just allow yourself to like enjoy the moment. Uh, I hope more guys actually have fun instead of just getting wrapped up in, you know, the pissing contest with 224 other badasses. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it's a, it's a great experience. The opens are great. The opens are a learning, uh, training ground, um, you know, I, I've said it before, but uh, Pete, you know, we've, we've been doing it for a long time in the open series, that level of competition there is stout. It's stout because you've got the journeyman, you've got the locals, you've got you, a couple, uh, <laughs> other guys, yeah. pro level guys sprinkled in there. It's yeah. not an easy, uh, place to, to, to just go and fish, right? It's a, it's a tough 
it's a tough field. Man, it's an incredibly tough field. And uh, and I love what you said about having fun. It was great seeing you. We didn't get to hang out much, but I saw you a couple times. I remember seeing you at Thousand Islands. And I love bumping into you. You're always smiling, and uh, it's it's always positive energy coming from you. And that's really, really Dude, that cool. Was- and Pete, I was smiling after watching four fish that would have gave me 24 to 26 pounds jump off that day. Oh. And, I like, and I was like, ah, what can you do? Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> that, that, and it's hard. It's hard to keep that at, but you got it, man. You got it. And, it, and I can tell how you appreciate it. And uh, having fun's key. And I had a blast this year, you know, except for that time when Mike yelled at us all. Yeah, I yelled. It was yeah. uh, <laughs> that it was a good year besides <laughs> that one day. It was it was fun, like who the people you're hanging around with and uh, just having a blast. But what what do you think was the toughest part for you? Like, was it getting to learn the new lakes, or was it dealing with like 200 guys that half of them are? super studs you know it, i mean what was the toughest part for you out on tour honestly boys uh all of it like going in i knew it was a tough field uh i knew i'd have to be breaking down massive bodies of new water but just the complexity of all of these moving pieces uh made it such an incredible challenge and i think that's why i found myself so so deeply uh, gosh affected by it like it's it's crazy i can see how so many people just want to do this and do this and do this because the context of it matters and that's kind of what what also pushed me to jump into it this past season was i knew the context of competing on a lot of times highly pressured traditional tournament waters like a grand lake right we got that like sloppy fits probably um weekend after weekend after weekend and like you said you got 225 hammers uh comprised of all levels of of amazing anglers so you don't have the the room to slip uh with even one fish it's it's crazy man like the, the the amount of pressure these bodies of water get within even official practice and all the guys are putting the extra time uh outside of that like everything gets hit everything yeah. obvious or semi-obvious or even a lot of the subtle stuff is getting hit now like yeah. i'd find stuff in practice where i'm never see anybody and then come game day hmm. you know there's two or three boats on it like what the hell like i thought <laughs> I you know all on my own and it's just it's just one thing after another so kudos to everybody that kicked ass this year because i'm telling you what what they did and what you did mike and um everybody that had a great season uh in the standings and the finishes uh earned it like nothing was given yeah. and i i enjoyed the challenge i i enjoy giving it another crack this upcoming season um and sucking a lot less hopefully well yeah. well speaking of <laughs> yes <laughs> me too speak, speak <laughs> let's talk about sucking i oh, i want to pick Wrong show. i want to pick what? i want to pick the 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 worst lake tell me because for me there's no doubt old hickory needs to be drained and (laughs) and that lake should go away i hate that lake i the fish don't exist there i can never catch them did you did you have a lake like that that you're like man this is the toughest lake i've ever put my boat on you know I, i i didn't uh not this season there were a couple on this upcoming season where i was like eh, i'm probably gonna bow out on these 
but this season actually kind of lined up like on paper i was like oh crap like these have at least half of these are like big fish fisheries like i should have a chance to do what i want to do um pickwick ended up kicking my ass probably the most actually i like oneida kicked my monkey ass <laughs> Well, that lake yeah. sucks. That lake sucks too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't I... that wasn't you, man. That was the lake. <laughs> <laughs> that place kicked my monkey ass. Like it was bad. Uh, you know, I actually caught like a four and a half on a popper uh, within eye shot of Mike uh, in practice. I saw. I, I actually saw that. I remember. I, I saw you catch that fish. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, if I can like keep doing some of this, like I'll be all right. And come to catch one keeper smallmouth in two days. And I mean, my practice went so bad for that event. Like I, day one of the tournament, I had this game plan and conditions kind of seemed to line up in my mind anyway, uh, to be more conducive to how I wanted to catch them. And I roll up on this island with a pin buoy and I fire off a popper on it. And it's like the third cast and I'm like, you know, super focused because this is halfway through the season now. And I feel like I'm getting some kind of rhythm and being able to better manage my mental aspect of this game and the energy and sleep and, and decision making and making less terrible ones. And on the third cast, man, I blooped this freaking pop max on his boy. And so I'm just like, oh, yeah, here we go. Like, it's going to turn around to and i catch like a 29 inch walleye or something and I, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's my second giant walleye on a top water which all these walleye guys tell me they don't eat top water and i'm like okay just go fish a bassmaster open I caught, <laughs> I caught like seven or eight walleye that day is overcast and it was windy and they love that crap and honestly i just started having fun because i was getting bit by something and you know even those big dumb drum i was catching a bunch of big drum and I fire back out after catching this freaking, I don't know, like 15, 20 pounder. And I actually catch my first keeper smallie. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there's smallmouth around the drum. And yeah, there were no smallmouth around the drum. And that <laughs> ended up like having trolling motor issues, talent oh, issues. Uh, you know, I tried not to beat up my off-brand boat. <laughs> I couldn't, but I couldn't help it, man. Uh, you know, I spent like three and a half hours on the ramp on day two. Uh, with the text and they they had to replace um some stuff i broke yeah so yeah, it was wild because i was actually anticipating a, a really fun tournament because the last time i was there i smashed them pretty good yeah well how about your favorite lake what 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 was your favorite lake this year oh by far i think that that st lawrence river like i, I feel cheated because yeah. yeah. on such a unique bite that i had to myself even in the tournament like not another boat within freaking eyesight what so it was really on me man and i didn't i didn't make the adjustment on the first day like i i just don't have enough time on some of these fisheries to learn from my mistakes yet because i haven't haven't got to make them on my own time so uh, with that big wind blowing on all uh, almost all my areas I, I try to run my eight or nine milk runs um eight or nine spot milk run where i was like consistently catching 22 to 26 27 pounds every day uh almost at will and those fish shrink to like three pounds and i didn't even catch any three pounders in the, the two and a half weeks prior or the month prior when i was in those areas yeah. and i didn't make an adjustment until mid-morning on day two but i made that adjustment finally and in 10 minutes i had a four and a half and then in the next two hours i literally watched like a five and a half roll roll off at the boat as as i was reaching uh to grab her and then mind you i didn't lose a single fish in any practice 
and the next two big ones and i called it i was fishing with my, my co-angler mike and that's the nice thing is like i've had witnesses see my my opportunities and my ultimate failures but like man i i got bites i needed in, in a lot of these events but you gotta execute man yeah. and whether or not I was uh, mentally fried at that point from just fishing so hard that week, dealing with some uh, battery issues that I've since solved, but uh, was going through in that tournament. Like I had a dead trolling motor by 2.30 on day one, uh, 1.30 on day two, and still ended up having to like drift fish. Like I'm in a rental boat at Lake Paris again, getting blown by the wind. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't anchor down on the Canadian side um, and, and watch two more giant like high five pound class fish jump off uh and then like a monster smallmouth um just come off literally hit the side of my transom in my talon bracket as she went back in the water and i caught like a six nine like two days later and it was way bigger than that thing whoa it was way bigger dude and i was just like man like this is brutal but it i i want redemption so yeah. bad like, I can't wait to go back up there that's a special fishery that's a good special one that's a good fish. one and those big ones are so hard to catch i mean i it, i lost a couple big ones every day every there's so many guys yeah street you had a few mishaps, a few mishaps yeah. it seems like the bigger ones have those strong jaws and they just man they make it so tough on you them suckers added to the current they're Man, it's hard to catch the big ones. Yeah. 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 Those current giant smallmouth that are still just as acrobatic, right? Yeah. They're not like big largemouth that get so big they kind of have a hard time getting out of the water and they like waddle halfway. Right. Like things were skyrocketing out of the water. <laughs> That's a fact. And when you can't use the landing net, and people keep forgetting about that, that yep. little small tidbit. Like you can't use landing net. Like it's easy to be a hero when you got a landing net and a partner or somebody, even, even solo, it can be so much easier, but to, to try to figure out how to, to grab or, or boat flip a, a five plus pound, angry, pissed off smallmouth <laughs> in the current, it, it's, it's daunting. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's all part of the challenge, right? So I look forward to, to getting better at landing them because I got the bites I needed um, at least on one day, but now I know to make an adjustment from experience. So, uh, excited to get a little bit more experience on some of these bodies of water. At least half the, that schedule is new to me. And one thing that was a glaring revelation to me after the second event was how a lot of these fisheries with low weights and small fish were probably my best opportunities because at, at Douglas, mm. I had the bites to lead the tournament on day one and the co-angler of the year across the, the whole nine events, John watched four, like three and a quarter to four pound fish smoke a 10 inch glide bait and not get the hooks. Oh man. And I, and I still like landed three or four of my keepers that day on a big bait. And I was just kind of mind blown. And in practice, I threw that glide bait on the first cast after spending almost all of my practice trying to figure out just how to catch limit and you know fish and i was like oh let's see what lives in here and you know people were talking about oh it's gonna be like people are gonna be weighing five to like eight pound bags and i'm like for five like what <laughs> okay this is gonna be brutal dude first cast with a 10 inch glide bait and i got a seven or eight pounder on tuesday afternoon wanting to commit suicide on this thing i actually had to pull it away from her and in hindsight i wish i just stuck her in the face <laughs> i had a seven or eight pounder you know to, to be you know happy about in tennessee um 
but I raised like easily like a 24 pound bag that I pulled that bait away from that, that afternoon. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like I'm losing my mind because I had no idea this class of fish lived here. Yeah. And that big bait exposed them to me. And I, I got the bites to, to easily fish a top 10 there, but there was just nothing I could do. Like I, I've studied my own mechanics for, for thousands of hours and I did nothing wrong. I didn't pull those baits from those fish. I didn't get trigger happy. I stayed calm and collected in that pocket, mentally focused. And those smaller fish just have a hard time getting hooks on that nine to 11 inch size bait. Like they really do. Yeah. Cause the, the, the bait that I actually landed all my fish on uh, was like a six and a half inch bait, but I couldn't get those bigger ones to really react to it. And then I didn't really come across uh, another scenario until I guess it was, was it, what was first? Was it Norman? Yeah. Lake Norman. Right. And everybody's telling me, Oh man, Norman's going to suck. It's going to be September and late summer, kind of not really even fall yet. It's going to be hot, a bunch of, you know, overgrown stunted spots, which I'm familiar with fishing in the West here because a lot of our Northern reservoirs get stunted by all these small spots too. So please keep all the spots. They're actually good eating and you're doing the largemouth and the fishery as a whole a favor, in my opinion. Uh, they just, they're ravenous. They eat everything. Yeah. And same deal. Um, I kind of felt like I, I got dealt bad cards and bad hands for those last four tournaments. Uh, I spent a lot of time on the water, boys, especially these last seven, eight years and chasing these bigger fish. And moon phase and conditions are huge. Yeah. How they affect the temperament and the behavior of these fish, especially with a big bait. And every one of those last four tournaments, two weeks apart, mind you, landed on day one of a full moon or a new moon. And literally, I normally take the full moon day off from fishing completely. I, I'll kind of go fishing on a new moon if I can be coaxed into doing it. But literally, that was four tournaments in a row, oh starting from God. St. Lawrence to, to Lake Norman to Lewis Smith to Grand Lake. And that's a real thing. And it, it was definitely a real thing because like early in practice, when I did throw a big bait at these fish, and mind you, we also had frontal conditions uh, into practice and in throughout the tournament. And it just so happened like on day one of the St. Lawrence, that big front came through and blew that sustained 15 to 35 mile an hour winds that my off boat brand handled beautifully <laughs> water, by the way. And, um, it, it was interesting because the rest of the three tournaments would be the first post frontal day. And that's, that's the day I get to start my, my Bassmaster open, you know, big, big swing on. And that was tough. And the crazy thing is I still got the bites I needed from the fish that I needed for those, for um, Lake Norman and uh, Lewis Smith Lake. I literally watched fish that would have easily put me in the top 10, eat my bait and not get hooked. Crazy. Talk, that the moon phase is interesting to me because Brian talks about it with the swim baits and how yeah. important that is. What What is the, when do we want to go? What What's the best moon phase condition? And you, you avoid the, the, the new moon and the full moon? Is that, yeah. what have you learned? I, I gotta, I, I need to dive in here with you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a topic I honestly don't really like discussing too much uh, because it, it has too definitely become <laughs> to be a real thing. And because I, I have such a backlog of arch- archived footage that's all time stamped and dated, I can actually go back and look at when I'm shooting uh, epic days of, of fishing and see how they correlate to those moon phases. And like very rarely did it ever happen on on a full moon and it did happen a little bit more on a new moon but like literally the two worst days to, to pick to go throw a big bait and it's interesting i saw a comment uh on one of the facebook posts i think leading up to, to tonight and someone had a pretty common question of why I, I swung so hard at these events and it seemed like i was trying to force feed these fish but really i didn't feel that way because people assume that because they're catching keeper sized fish on their home body of water, like, Oh man, these guys can't catch five. Like, Holy crap, man. It was hard to catch five keepers. Like just trying to do that, like through practice, especially. And I'm like, screw that. Like if I'm going to struggle, I'm going to struggle and give myself a chance. Yeah. And I had that chance. I I watched it happen. My co-anglers watched it happen. Um, and with literally the worst cards that I could be dealt in, in regards to those conditions. And uh, I did it on, on new bodies of water, uh, doing things that I have a lot of muscle memory and experience doing. So I felt like I was literally 10 bites away. I mean, honestly, seven bites away in the last couple tournaments because I'd weigh like two or three fish in and not get the other ones that would have propelled me into fishing on the final day, which is, that's what I want, man. Like even after the first event on Harris chain, like sitting in 20th, I could have easily gone to one of the lakes, caught a, a me, a meager limit and finished with a check. But like, I would have gave myself zero opportunity to fish for the win. Yeah. Trying to win. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was my goal coming into this. And I think that's where my, my huge advantage is. And when coming into this, when we talked about this earlier in the year, before I jumped into it, I didn't want to do this at a point in my life and career where I had to keep eking checks to keep going. Right. Because I, I knew that would hamper my fishing style. And to, to be consistent is pay is of zero interest to me. Like I want to win. Yeah. I want to have one of those plaques that you have on that staircase on the <laughs> way up to that studio, like so bad. And I, I, I would be honestly super disappointed with even second place because it, dude, you're that close. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. like that's gotta be the worst. Yeah. So that's kind of why I, I did what I did and it, and I didn't try to force feed him anything. Like, trust me, like, look at, you guys are going to see the content at, at some point. Like I threw baits that I normally use to just catch fish and I could get them to react to a big bait in a lot of scenarios Number one, because they've probably never seen it before. Yeah. And number two, I could fish behind guys that are definitely not fishing this and, and appeal to, to a whole nother class of fish that, that was totally what I was looking for. Like I found them and, and to find them on these massive bodies of water is such a daunting task. Yeah. And then get them to even react, let alone actually try to eat the bait and mind you, because of the conditions, their their aggressiveness level on a one to ten scale was probably like a three. Versus 
three, four days prior during the beginning of the fronts and during the fronts, I mean, my, my practice partners are watching me pull these baits away from wolf packs of like three to four pounders. And I'm like, Oh my God, these fish want to die. It's crazy. So I, I feel really confident with what I experienced and what I was able to learn from it this year. And I, I'm not letting the stats dictate the narrative because I know what I almost did. Yeah. I, I almost gave myself a shot in, in three and a half of these tournaments. Yeah. Um, oh. So it sounds to me like you completely ducked my moon question. You betcha, Pete. You betcha. Yeah. The next time we film another Basque You segment, um, I'll, I'll definitely give you uh, some more in-depth knowledge. Go. I like, I like, I like I, the play. I, I like Hold that a lot. For that check. Marty Stone, you know, is always uh, he's talking about the the moon phase and and the feeding cycles and and uh, yeah, it's it it it's interesting. I, I want to learn more about it because I mean, we always are. We got to fish the tournament, whatever the phase is. We got to go. Yeah, you know, totally. so. so uh, but, but I want to ask you this. Do you think, like, fishing pressure ha is involved with that bite? Because, uh, I mean, there's 200 boats. These guys are here, like you said, a month in advance. They're putting hooks in fish. Um, yeah. Frothy. Yeah. They're moving They're moving Froth. those fish around. Nobody works. Yeah, nobody works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they all got St Bitcoin. COVID. Yeah. So how is that? Do you think that is a factor? on the big bait do you think that had something to do with it too or it, it's more other conditions i felt like it was definitely a factor and i i felt like that was more advantageous for me because i knew you know guys weren't throwing the baits i was throwing at them so those fish weren't as conditioned but if i'm going to try and follow up on the james with a black and blue jig or a black and chartreuse crankbait like how many times have they seen that in the last nine days? Mm -hmm. um, right. It's, I mean, I found myself drop shotting my way to a lot of good fish uh, in practice, fishing behind guys, and I'm like, okay, well, this is what I gotta do. This is what I gotta do. Yeah. Well, I, I I'll tell you this. I'm gonna jump in real quick and just say this. I've, I've been listening intently this whole time, and uh, you know, you said something that's super important, and I want to make sure our viewers and listeners hear this which is the best way to learn is to learn by your own merit and your own success and your own mm. failure. And, dude, that is super, super important. When I look back at my, my career and, you know, it, it was never easy in the beginning. It never is. If it's easy in the beginning, it's never worth it. It never lasts long anyway, right? It's always, you know, a struggle until you – you make those mistakes yourself and you get better and get better and get better. And you did, you did that this year. And uh, I, I'm not going to make a big prediction and, and say, Oliver, you're going to have a phenomenal next year because you've got to see a lot of things. You made the mistakes, you know, you've, you've learned. And, and I think you're going to have a better year. I do want to ask you this though. Give me one thing that you're going to do different in 2022 that you didn't do in 2021 give me one thing that stands out that you're saying to yourself you know what i'm going to do this different is is there something blaring there or is is there not yeah actually uh one of my 
one of my adjustments, at least to start the season and see how it unfolds, is to actually go go completely opposite and actually start swinging these big ass baits at these fish from the get go and see if, seeing if I can find them from the start because I was kind of saving all that stuff for game day. Yeah. Because I honestly didn't want to stick them, you know, during practice. And, and I felt like it was, a, it's harder for me to, to dissect these bodies of water to figure out those one or two, you know, subtle things that they're going to respond to. Uh, and I, I would spend a lot of my practice period just trying to figure out how to catch good keepers. Yeah. And then maybe if I felt confident in, in establishing one or two or, or three patterns that I could hopefully rely on on the tournament, then I'd pick up the big bait. Well, this time around, I'm just going to go looking for the big ones from the get-go and work in reverse. Yeah. Because to try to get big fish to show themselves on traditional techniques is very very counterproductive for me yeah because even if they're not eating it in practice they're going to show themselves yeah if i can figure out what what these things are living on uh, and what they're responding to i mean that's a huge chunk of the puzzle and i can eliminate so much water on these massive bodies of water yeah that that brings up a good point pete maybe steers us in a little little different direction which is to, I, I want you to expand on that because as you as you were saying it i totally got it i see brian over here nodding Cause he's a he likes the big bait. Pete's never thrown it, so he don't know he don't know anything about it. But um, yeah, that two ten he was showing off in the promo for this was like brand new, dude. What's up that? Yeah. <laughs> that that shit's on his shelf at the house. He ain't using that. It's too pretty. Uh, it's too pretty. I can't throw it. Stolen valor. Stolen valor. <laughs> but you you said something that I want I want you to explain a little more because this is such a key thing and and for our, for our listeners and viewers right now, which is. You're you that bait has drawing power. Explain that because I, I want people to understand that because I, I like I just fished with uh Keith Thomas uh a week ago on Naka Mixon and he he's another local guy, Albert, that's really good with it like you are. And he he was we were talking that day about the same thing. And I'm in the back of the boat just listening to him because I'm I'm just like a sponge, I'm trying to learn. But he kept talking about that too, talking about that bait has the drawing power that other lawyers don't have. That's a, that's a tremendous tool in practice, Pete. Yeah, it is. To be able to draw them and see where they live, see what they're living on. Explain that, the drawing power. Oh, what sure. does that mean? Let's take Smith Lewis Lake, or Lewis Smith Lake, for example. I didn't throw a big bait until the last day of practice because I was so focused on just trying to figure out how to catch these stupid middle-of-the-river channel busting spots and – figuring out a bait that they would actually respond to and then weed through like seven shorts to get one 15 inch keeper. And it's like, man, I just wasted so much time. I literally spent the whole day like trying to figure out how to get these stupid 13 to 16 inch fish <laughs> to eat and, and never gave myself an opportunity to start breaking down this massive like trident shaped freaking lake Giant. and find the class of fish that I needed until yeah. a tournament. And, and I had to like break down this area where I got the 10 bites I needed on day one and two to fish uh, day three, because man, the weights are so low. And I think people, they, they might not realize how freaking tough it is to catch fish in a lot of these events because of all the pressure, because of the conditions uh, and so on and so forth. And I, I wasted so much time just trying to figure out how to catch a limit when 
I actually went to my strength in the tournament and watched these freaking big fish, including like a seven, eight pound largemouth that flashed on my big glide bait on day one and didn't eat it. Mm-hmm. And I got her to eat the third time I came to her on day two and didn't get the hooks again. And I'm just like, come oh. on, man. Like, like this is crazy. Like the top 10 guys are averaging like nine pounds for three days. Oh yeah. Uh, like it was a tough, tough tournament. And in hindsight, I wish I had just thrown that big bait to at least get those three plus pound spots and those big large mouth that no one was really targeting to show themselves so I can actually make a better decision on where, where I want to focus my efforts. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I kind of went against my gut this season because I just felt like I could catch them when I needed to on the big bait and hopefully round out a limit with a couple of, you know, easier keepers. And I felt yeah. like the keepers are harder to catch on, yeah. on a lot of these tournaments. Yeah. Do, do you, th- this is, this is for me personally, more than everybody listening right now. Uh, when you're practicing with that big bait, do you, wh- what do you do with the, the hooks? Do you, do you leave That's the hooks question. on? Do you bend the hooks in? Do you put keepers on? Do you take them off? Because I, I I love what you're saying, and I want to incorporate this into my practice, especially when I look at my elite schedule in 2022. There are for sure ones that stand out. By the I'm way, elite schedule. Thank 22. you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. There <laughs> are events where I'm already saying to myself, "Oh God, yeah, this is this is a place I want to throw that bait." Um, how do I practice with that thing, w- with hooks, with without? I did a lot of experimenting with that this year, Mike, because of all the obvious questions, right? Do you want to stick those fish? Yeah. Do you not want to stick those fish? Do you want your bait to swim the same way? Are you going right. to alter the, the action of the bait? And here's something that I thought about long and hard after a couple of these events where I'm I'm seemingly out of rhythm. And, and I make a lot of basketball analogies with my fishing because that's the other thing that I've spent a lot of time doing in my life. And, and rhythm is important. Right. You got to watch that ball go through that hoop to stay confident and, and continue being an effective player on that regard. And in fishing, I feel like you got to stay catching these fish, too. And, and before in the last several years, when I've taken a, a sidestep and, and bowed out of the competition side of this game, man, I would just go hammer these things day and day out like day after day week after week yeah. i wasn't saving fish for no one i was just sticking them yeah. and i was able to stay in a rhythm regardless of how many freaking giant fish i was catching any right. smaller body of water mind you right uh, which should be representing a, a smaller population uh, density of, of, of that class fish and i'm like dude what am i doing i just need to like stay in the pocket because by not like hooking some fish uh by testing new hook designs and, and and just different uh, pieces of my terminal tackle like system. I'm not seeing that ball go through that hoop. And on game day, now the coach has got a plate on up, right? And he's put me in the game. Like I'm kind of shook. Yeah. Like I haven't seen that ball go through that hoop in a couple of days. Like, and I, I felt like I made a couple of mistakes in because of that. Mm. And I, I don't know this, this season, I might just go hammer them. Like really? Yeah. Because when I did save a bunch of these fish in in the tournaments, whether because I was pulling the bait away from those fish manually, because I could see them coming for it, or or if I actually bent the hooks in, so you maintain the weight of the hooks and actually don't affect the way the bait's swimming, uh, 
I never caught any of those fish that I saved. And I saved a lot of them, dude. Yeah. I, I saved a lot of them. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It it is. I, I got I gotta say this, man. I, I totally can relate to what you're saying because I you know, I have some like uh vintage aren't made anymore baits and I kinda save them to throw on tournament day. You, you know what happens? You I, haven't fished a bait in a while and you lose touch. Or I I never throw them. Uh, I never throw them. Yeah. It's like you're, you know, you're going to throw during the tournament what you threw at practice. And and I find not all the time, you know, sometimes you have a supreme confidence in a bait in a situation and you'll pick it up and throw it. Yeah. But um, but a lot of times, if if I find that I don't throw it at practice, I am way less likely to throw it uh, during during a tournament. I'm going to throw, uh, you know, the things that I might have gotten bid on, or you know, uh, a different different things. It's it's just an odd odd phenomenon. Like you're talking about rhythm, you know, you get you get conditioned. You're triggering bites with. Whatever it is that you're throwing, and, and you, you're not going to pick up these tools that you didn't throw practice. Um, that might be that's a really insightful uh, observation in your own fishing this year. Yeah. I see what you were doing, right? You didn't want to show those fish the bait at practice. You know, I kind of I, I get. I, I wanted them to see it for the first time and react the way they should on game day when it counted. Right, yeah. but it's more about moon phase. It's more right. It's all those things, man. It's all of those things. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know, pick it up pick it up during the derby. That's it's gonna be I can't wait to see how this year goes with that new strategy. It's like our buddy Keith makes a great glide bait, but he don't want anybody on, on his home lake to have it. Right. So you don't make them. You don't make them. <laughs> he just makes them for himself. He makes five uh, for and, him the and whole for year. Friends out of state. That's right. Friends out of state. <laughs> Let me remind you, if you're watching or listening right now, man, we've got Oliver and I on the phone. If you've got a question, comment. Please hit up Alex. Alex is, is oh. sitting back there and doing a lot of uh, I see him. a lot of writing down there. Um, uh, what you want to go to Alex real quick? Yeah, let's, let's what, go to Alex. Does, does Alex got, have someone? Let's see for if us. If, if not, I've I've got another great question that's for me personally. <laughs> no, absolutely, guys. I have a lot of good questions. People been firing stuff on the message board and YouTube. We really appreciate all you guys getting your questions. Been a lot of good stuff tonight. But Oliver, one question I wanted to ask you and. This was asked by Capital Outdoors and Capital Outdoors. Please send in your subscriber number. You are the lucky winner of a $25 Gills Gear yeah. gift card. And Oliver, what Capital Outdoors <laughs> wants to know is, he says, Pete always says that you're always smiling. You're always having a good time. So could you talk about your PMA and how that contributed to your success out on the opens this year and how you plan on implementing that and putting it towards your success in this upcoming season? Yeah, why the hell are you always so damn happy? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm not 100% happy. Uh, like job. that moment when I lost that big ass smallmouth. Uh, I honestly, at that moment, I just wanted that big fish because it was a big brown fish. Uh, you know, I might have uh, cursed some expletives that you could hear across the board. Keeping it real. But I mean, I immediately just started just laughing it off. Like, man, what the hell kind of day am I having here? But I, I, I bent it from having perspective, guys. Like, I know what it's like to not even be close to doing any of this shit that I'm doing now uh, and to be actually involved in these events against the field that I am uh, to have an opportunity to get the bites that I'm looking for, even though I'm not converting them or putting them in the box. Like, like it's been an, a surreal experience and, and it's because I know what it's 
like not to experience any of this. Uh, I know what it's like not yeah. to be able to afford a $5 hard crankbait. Uh, like, so I've got to organically and slowly leverage myself to this position. And like, I, I never forget the, the, the struggle and it continues to be a struggle. Uh, but I remember when it was a lot worse yeah, man. and I'm getting to, to do whatever I want. And this year it happened to be fishing the Bassmaster opens. Uh, and you got I'm to be Brian the Carpenter. Hell yeah. Man, <laughs> you, guys, you guys ever get a VIP invite to the Garage Mahal, you cannot turn it <laughs> That's a great place. Things go down. <laughs> it's a time warp. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it, it's just knowing what it, what it's like to, to, to know the suck makes it easy to, to, to appreciate all of it. Good for you, man. Amen. Good, great answer. And yes. can, can really appreciate that a lot. And uh, it's a great question. We're going to, we got, what, what prize do we have for him, Alex? Capital Outdoors won a $25 Gills Gear gift card. So, Capital Outdoors, you want to throw your subscriber number over on the message board? I'll get that recorded and we will get that out to you. Woo. Awesome. That's correct. Awesome. You got, you have anything else over yeah, there, Alex? We got Alex? a couple big ones coming up, too. We got two yeah, big we got, ones. We just, got just to remind prize. everybody, that's right. Right. We, we're giving away, uh, a hundred and thirty dollar gift pack um, for. Uh, yep, it's the uh, Defiant yep. and uh, and Oliver's hat and shirt that he's wearing right now. I want that. That's <laughs> the last pack. That and and a grand prize, Oliver. What's in the grand prize? You 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 have this amazing grand prize. What is in this thing? <laughs> There's gonna be uh, some dope, just mystery box style. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. A whole bunch of stuff. Oh. I'm gonna throw some Gancraft stuff in there, some oh. Mega Bass stuff, obviously. Um, gosh, there's so much cool stuff here in this office that I can't bring with me on the road next year. Oh. At least I'm not throwing it all myself. in the box. Yeah. So, so I'll what? Sort it out. So, what moon phase should we be throwing all this stuff? <laughs> third attempt. This is the third attempt, by the way. I'm, I'm counting. Stay outside the full moon day and the new moon day, yeah. and you'll be all right. All Every right, day that's, those two. that's good sound advice. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you have another IM for Oliver? Absolutely, Pete. We have hundreds of them, but one that I thought was really good. And Tim, or Oliver, excuse me, this comes in from Tim from North Carolina. And what Tim wants to know is, you know, there's a lot of people starting to get into the big bait game. What are some things that you wish you knew when you first started to get into the big bait game so you can help out some Great fellow beginners Ooh, out there? That is a good question. Man, that, that's a tough one. And I know everybody wants a shortcut but I think I benefited the most uh, from my own failures in swim bait fishing. Like Mike said, experience is the best teacher guys. And I'm sorry, but like the internet and, and some, some of these sources of information are full of guys that have actually never walked the walk. So unless it's, it's the best university, unless, <laughs> no, Octo, unless it's the best university, right? right. I feel like, Unfortunately, we live in an age nowadays where very little information is vetted or yeah. uh, has to be screened by anybody. Like yeah. anybody can go off, uh, you know, on a tangent and tell you how, how to do something without any credibility checks. I mean, that's where you guys benefit from the Bass U uh, platform. It's just nonstop hammer after hammer, like they showing are, you guys proven techniques. They're like, vetted through honestly, competition. This is a great, this is a great resource. Honestly, if you are looking for those shortcuts, like we, how many videos did we shoot earlier this year? Pete, I don't even remember. Uh, four. There's a, I think yeah. we got four or five. I was just looking at them. 
on uh, on Bash U. You, you you guys want to dive in? That's a great deal. Is you can find yeah. Oliver uh, teaching about how he fishes these baits and all the tools. Everything we're talking about is uh, is okay. over on Bash U TV right now. Yeah, I think he was yep. throwing a glide bait on skim ice that day, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Slide it across. <laughs> that cadence is really key in getting the blast through that sheet of ice. That's right. We have some aggressive bass here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some great 100-level, uh, entry-level content there here on Bass U. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, carve out some time this season to shoot maybe some two or even 300-level stuff. Ooh. But go out there and do it. Don't listen to, to someone, especially when they tell you, anything in absolutes like you can't use this kind of bait in this kind of condition or this this Love style that. of thing won't yeah. work in there it's like what That's like a- bro fish like they, i've seen Dude. them do the wildest things like I, so, I I gotta I gotta weigh in because when you said that that's a huge red flag for me when they talk when anybody talks in absolutes it's like I, dude you have not been on the water enough yeah. You know, because there is no absolutes. Right. You know, only the right. fifth deal in absolutes. Yeah. That's a great comment, though. Yeah, seriously. Like, those are the ones that I, I shy away from immediately. Go out there and have a mind of your own. Have mm-hmm. fun with it. Experiment. Like, my fishing day and process is an ongoing, nonstop experiment. I don't ever fish a bait the same way 10 casts in a row. Uh, I don't approach a bank or a piece of cover the same way every time i fish it, it it's a, a mind-numbing game of, of just trial and error and process of elimination like seriously like every time and sometimes i'm dead sticking a bait on the bottom sometimes i'm burning it back as fast as i can regardless of the water temp uh regardless of, of overhead you know conditions uh, i'm gonna allow those fish to answer my question like what are you guys gonna bite today yeah. Well, let me try this. Oh, okay, nothing followed there. And now we, we got this crazy forward-facing technology, right, Mike, where we can actually yeah. sight fish these things and read their Watch body it. language Watch and it. how they're yeah. reacting regardless of the, the visual water clarity conditions, and you can make adjustments from there. Yeah. yeah. So let, let the fish determine what will and won't work yeah, on but... any given day in any given circumstance, yeah. and that's the biggest thing is just have an open mind. I'm going to go back to 2012 when I had this wild run of big fish. And it was interesting because in seven weeks, and I'm not saying this to gloat, this is just what it was. And this is kind of what spawned Big Bass Dreams as a movement. And it started at on the foundation of this content that I was capturing. But I, I ended up with 17 largemouth, 10 pounds even or bigger in a seven-week span. And I don't even know how many seven, eight, nine pounders or I was like shaking them off because they were like the mid-sized fish in the school. Uh, and, and mind you, like this madness going on, right? Like I've got some of my best fishing buddies that grew up fishing with me in the boat with me almost every one of those days. And they were so stuck on fishing a, a bait or a, a certain retrieve or whatever it was that they just saw me successfully uh, bang these fish on the day before, or even the morning of, but like, I don't know what the hell I was on then. I need to be drinking the same juice or eating the same food next year, but I was able to just stay super hyper adaptable. And I caught those fish in a different way on a different bait every day. Like it was crazy. I was able to stay one step ahead of myself even. Yeah. 
And if I had just gone out there with these crazy absolutes that I kept hearing people even back then talking about, I would have never experienced this stuff. Like this is early on glide bait fishing, right? Like I'm having to order them straight from Japan. There was no, uh, nothing available here. And, and one of my most respected friends who is an absolute giant freaking big fish killer in NorCal, like he, he's caught more teen fish than anybody I know. And he brought a mother over, overseas Ooh. and he's showing me the, the Roman made mother. It's like a 12 inch uh, big glide bait, like something about like this class, maybe another inch longer, a big uh, hand carved wood bait. And, and he's telling me how these glide baits are, are built in or they have this built in S slalom action, right? Like all you have to do is straight wind it. And I'm like, Oh, that looks pretty sweet. Like that's different than anything we're throwing at the time. But the, the, the kid in me is sitting there like pulling on the bait, uh, using the rod to add a little bit more English, like popping it with the real handle. And he's like literally telling me like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to see what this thing really does. And I would actually find these unique cadences and rhythms to get this glide bait to do like short glides and then like figure out how to make it like shoot off to the side on longer glides and really break up that cadence a lot like jerk bait fishing and figure out a cadence that I could freaking mimic and get these fish to react to where like I could line up a cast on a, on a target and get it to do exactly what I wanted to do coming up on that target. And I could call my shots and when those fish would come up and smoke it. And wow. if I had listened to even an accomplished badass uh, in that moment, like I would have never discovered that. Yeah. He was mind blown. Like you could see in the old videos, he'd be like, son of a bitch, you on again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just have a mind of your own, guys. Uh, I mean, I, I can't stress that enough. Yeah. yeah. Good advice. So good golden rule is listen yeah. to the fish. Fishermen lie, but the fish don't. Listen to the fish. <laughs> fish never lie. They tell the truth. Uh, you mentioned something there, Oliver, I want to go back on it. And we actually talked about this in the very beginning of the show, and I and I told I told Pete and Brian I would hit you on this one which is i've heard people say the misconception of big bait fishing is that it does not work in cold water mm. um, a lot of us here in south jersey over the last few years got to see that be false um we got to see a lot of these winter leagues won with big baits talk a little bit about that because i think we have a lot of people watching and listening that are assuming this is only a warmer water temperature thing, but that's false, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely false. And, and cold water is relative depending on where you live, right? Yeah. Up until this January when I hung out with you guys uh, in Jersey for whatever reason. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> first time I'd ever bass fished in 37 degree water. Mm -hmm. uh, like that was a new experience for me. And, and when I had, you know, local hammers that, uh, in your guys' area, ask me in years past, like, hey, like, do you think these fish will eat a, a big ice slide in literally like 33 degree water? I'm like, shoot, dude, I don't know. Like, I've never even seen that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I yeah. can't, I'm not one to give uh, insight on, on things I haven't experienced. But the fact that you guys are out there doing it and actually catch them on glides in, in those high 30 degree temps. Yeah, it's happening. Was, yeah. a revelation to me but it makes total sense because even when it's you know really cold for us here i catch a lot of fish on on a glide bait like an ice slide uh, and this is a unique bait because 
it's got almost a positive buoyancy, like it barely slowly sinks and as water gets colder, it gets denser, right? So depending on the water temp, like this thing will actually suspend. And I'll actually tune these baits to actually get them to truly suspend, whether I swap the hooks out or add add weight or whatnot. And I can fish them just like a jerk bait. Like guys love throwing jerk baits in cold water, yes. right? Yeah. And yep. they understand the, the power of a stalled, suspended hard bait. Yeah. Big Same bait. thing happens with a big glide bait. Yeah. I can pop, 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 and let it literally just hover there next to that piece of cover where I'm anticipating a big fish to live, to use. Then all of a sudden, 10, 15 seconds later, tick. Oh, I just caught a fish on a 10 inch glide bait. Like, it, it, there's so many parallels be, from traditional fishing that you can apply on a bigger scale uh, with the big bait. Yeah. So don't let the water temp really dictate a whole lot. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I, and I've, I've was, seen it with my own eyes. What it's was water incredible. temp when we went out? Uh, it was the week after Oliver left. Oliver was here for yeah. historically, biblically historically, <laughs> yeah. the worst week of the fishing. worst week. It actually, the water wasn't it, hard. It wasn't hard, right? but it, it was, was it was terrible cold. Terrible. And then Oliver left, and it actually we had a little warm up. Little warm up. But it was still. I would peg that water temperature at thirty nine to forty one degrees when we when we fished. Yeah. And but it caught, ended up a couple degrees. Yeah, it went up a couple degrees. And 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 Bri, you got it you caught a couple in that tournament we I fished. caught a five eight. You caught a five eight and That's another right. keeper another and keeper. booted another keeper because you weren't patient. I had the net right there but you didn't want to wait for me. Um <laughs> but it proved it proved that those baits were just trying to figure it out myself. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't let me throw the glide bait. You're like ah, you you don't even know what you're doing. How I, can you do that? I'm like, well, I'm going to figure it out. I, I'm <laughs> glad you threw it. I'm glad you threw it. That's I'm right. glad we got to see that misconception go away. Cold uh, water. <laughs> cold water. I got another question. This this one's for me. This didn't come through. I can't win anything on this question because it's not an official question uh, that came through the message board. But I want to know, give us your undisputed, undisputed. top three big baits for 2021 <gasps> give us your top three 21 uh, or 22 uh, t- this the, the past, year, past year this past year give us your top three when you look at the year as a whole tournament fishing fun fishing just the whole year were there g- give us the three that stood out as being the ones for you oh man by far a drt clash nine tiny clash yeah played a big part in i the saw tournament. you throwing that a lot i saw you throwing it a lot yeah it was wild that that bait has been hyped up as much as any bait's been hyped up the last several years like yeah. it's hard to get hands on one and i'm telling you those fish react to it at times uh, like like they don't with other baits uh the gangcraft 230 played a role uh for me um the, the Defiant 210 and 247 when I was actually trying to catch bigger fish like outside the tournaments. Yeah. Definitely played a role this year. Like that that 9-1 that you guys saw me flip that you guys posted to the page today. That, that was awesome. That was still, that was awesome. Yeah. That was so good. in Florida, right, where people have told me yeah. for years that they got too much grass and you can't throw them down there. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's that go see dope. for ourselves. That was a great yeah. video. And, yeah. and so In great. fact, it was great because I've watched it a lot. Uh, not just in the post we just made, but I've watched it a lot. You know how you see something and just keep rewinding it. 
and it's great because I I can see you ripping it like you're you're yeah. freeing it from the grass, you know. It's like a lipless, like right? a lipless, yeah. And I'm like, God damn, he's he's doing it just like, <laughs> you know. And all of a sudden, dude, just pow! You, I I didn't see the eat, but I could visualize the eat, uh, you know. It was incredible. But the eat to the boat, to the oh hook yeah, set to the boat, almost <laughs> one motion. Yeah, I remember you were like, that's. I'm like, dude, look at that. He's like, that's experience. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I would have panicked. Yeah. I would have panicked. Would have walked yeah. it around the boat three times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who would have had me in the hyacinths? Yeah. Broke me off. Gator would have yeah. ate him. Something bad. Let's, that was let's awesome. touch on that a little bit because, uh, you know, I've seen a little bit of discussion about boat flip, flipping fish lately. And ultimately, guys, the reason I do that is because I feel like that's my best option to land that fish. Yeah. Like, dude, we all fish hard. You guys saw this year, like, what grind it can be when you commit to the big bait. Like, dude, you want to convert that fish. Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm sorry, but damn the fish's feelings at that point. Yeah. Like, I, I want to hold that thing. And in certain scenarios, man, like, that's the best option to land them. And I've, I've done everything and made every mistake, trying to grab them by hand, trying to solo net them is, like, the worst thing. Because what you <laughs> don't realize is – when you're actually losing your focus on that hooked fish to reach for that net, you're not paying attention and making those micro adjustments yeah. to keep that freaking hook pinned in your face. And then what happens too, you finally get the net and you can see this in a lot of my solo videos, but you high sticking the crap out of this uh, fish and this big heavy bait and now driving her towards the surface towards you. And a lot of times that helps them just clear the water and just shake your bait free. Yeah. Like, a net is not a perfect scenario or answer. Like there is no perfect answer. Every circumstance and scenario is different. So it kind of irks me when people uh, are hypercritical of that landing method. Like how do you put a value on a fish, even in a tournament scenario, you can't like that fish in that context might mean more to that person than any dollar yeah. amount. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. And, you know, shout out to, to, to the old vet, uh, Randy Blockett, but I saw you posted uh, <laughs> a video about like ego driven, like boat flipping stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Did you see that? I saw that too. Uh, I mean, I did. And, and I didn't take a, I didn't, I didn't feel slighted by it, but it's like, man, like there's so much misconception about that. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, like, <laughs> end of the day, especially like in a Bassmaster Open, if I can, I'm boat flipping them all oh, if yeah. I feel like that's how I've got to land them. Yeah. No, I, I got nothing against boat flipping. I actually, I like it. It feels, it, it feels good. <laughs> it feels good to me. It, it's just saying it's like driving a convertible Corvette or something with chest hair out. Yeah, it's like pumping with the gold egos. chain. Yeah, G gold chain. I like it. <laughs> I pump it, Randy. Put that music on. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he, he's against boat flipping because of he thinks it's an ego uh, thing. I didn't see. I didn't watch the video. I didn't watch it either. But I, oh, okay. I, I like I like Randy because I like that he has opinions. And yeah, he does. Entitled yeah, sure. And, and Randy's entitled. That dude yeah, is won some. Of course. He's a, he's a badass. He's an OG, man, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised he gets so much hate, like actual hate. Like, okay, he's got an unpopular opinion, but yeah. maybe he's a little out there. But yeah. what did he do wrong? Nah, everybody's yeah. entitled to their yeah, opinion. Jeez. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's silly. I, I like the fact that he's got an opinion and he's just – Speaking an opinion, yeah. even if I don't agree with yeah. it, I don't agree yeah. with just a lot an of opinion. Them. Same, especially but I mean, like back that, to you all that him and uh, <laughs> him and his cohort stole the name "Fishing the Moment." Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But an anyway, there's an opinion. Yeah, there's an opinion. <laughs> but anyway, uh, back to that. I, I, real, real quick, I want to get back to that DRT thing. Uh, yeah, the, the, I want to hear about. I, that. I do want to hear about the DRT, and you don't have to go into specifics. Yes, but you do. That, 
that bait I've heard fished with the bill and without. Is, is there – what's the better way? What, what, how, how, how have you fished it? Um, I'll let those fish determine that. Right? Okay. It, it's, it's a pretty wild system. Let me find one here. Oh, this is a – Sick color. I'm like, oh, what? they're eating you know, red, red hard baits. Mm. I think I'll throw that around one day. Uh, but they just came out with a, a, a another tail design. But prior to that, I want to say there's like nine different modifications you can make between uh, the bill styles, okay? Yeah. Uh, the tail styles and position. Even just changing the position of the tail. I'm trying not to hook myself here. These hooks are freaking sharp. Uh, but it was an interesting. That'd be good for views if you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know, just inverting that tail 180 degrees makes it do completely different things. Right, right. Uh, uh, and there's like three or four different bill styles, so it's it's a unique bait in that you can get it. You can get it to do a lot of different things, and I experimented even further, added uh, additional uh, weights to the bait in specific places. Uh, to exaggerate certain motions that I was looking for. Uh, but man, it, it's hyper versatile and really you got to let, let, let the fish determine what they want to respond to. Yeah. So like, that's, that's another time warp, right? It's, it's worse than the, than the garage Mahal. Like you, you're out there and you're trying to, okay, let me see what it does on, on this setup. And then you're like six modifications in fishing the same and a bait. 12 pack. Yeah. <laughs> Bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Pizza. And, and, <laughs> uh, it's a special one. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. Like they, they just caught fish for me this year and it's been a lot of fun. It's been like one of Riley's favorite baits. And it's funny because when she first started throwing it, she was like, Oh, this thing's so stupid. And yeah. then all it took was that first big one to eat it. And she's like, Oh, I like this thing. Yeah. Catching them on it. And she really likes that thing uh, now. And yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty awesome bait they've been around for a while it's and it's just funny like a lot of things in this big bait scene uh baits will be out for years sometimes before they catch fire and get real popular for whatever yeah. reason and all of a sudden you can't get your hands on one you guys know that struggle yeah that one right? that one's definitely been out for a while because i i brought back three or four of them when i visited marizo yeah. in japan and that's has to be gone on eight years right Seven, eight years ago? Has to be. Six at least. Six, seven, eight. I mean, it's in that range. And it was so, that was before that bait was talked about, you know? And I had a few and I didn't I didn't know what I was sitting on. You mm. totally glue sicked it. I glue sicked it like the like the <laughs> chatter bait. I did. I did. I did. You know what I did have another bait that actually uh, stood out the last couple of events, and that was uh Kevin Brightwell's Chad Shad. Heck yeah. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah. That thing that thing got fish fired up for me yeah chad's a good one i like that one that's uh it's one of the ones I've which one did you uh donate to the lake this uh this past I, I donated a chad chad is that what you did i did I, d I don't have no idea what happened i i i was you know oliver when you start getting <laughs> in the zone like I, I i don't know but you know like the cast off the cast yeah. like yeah you start getting into it right yeah. because i had just caught one like 10 casts before oh yeah oh there's a half bait there's a halfy <laughs> i had i'll take yeah, that, I'll throw that in the mystery box but yeah. yeah send that my way i'll take the half sign it uh <laughs> no i cast it one off and it, it was heartbreaking because either hard to get and um yeah 
Oh, I, yeah. I was throwing it on 20-pound fluorocarbon. How I cast it off, I have no idea. But it's in the bottom of the lake somewhere. Yeah, Fish. we all make our sacrifices to the swimming gods. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, there's one. What are you firing those big baits on? You using 25, 50, uh, 100 pound test? 16. <laughs> I was fishing 100-pound braid to 40 or 50-pound leader in that video that we were talking about in Florida for the shock factor. <laughs> wow. Like, I'm not... I'm not busting anything off. 100-pound braid to 50-pound, 40-pound? Uh, yeah, wow. it's because there's no stretch, right? So it needs to, to yeah. absorb that tensile freaking shock of me swinging it as, as hard as I can into that fish's face and then lifting her up uh, over the, the off-brand uh, gunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Take Is that, that high gunnel? It lives still. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on, Randy. He's got 100-pound test. He can't boat flip. <laughs> it depends like every bait's uh situational pete that's a great question and uh almost every bait is different like like a like a chad shad or even like a drt uh tiny clash right like this is a much lighter bait than the nine inch version yeah so yeah. i can get away with like i don't know 50 or 65 pound braid sometimes if i'm trying to keep that bait up high in the column with a short floral leader yeah. But I tend to fish heavier floral leaders than most because I've just seen, like, if you're presenting these baits properly to these fish, they don't give a crap what it's tied to. Right. Not yeah. swimming up to your line and inspecting it and being like, oh, that's the wrong brand. I'm out. Yeah. If you're doing your job as an angler and you're keeping that fish focused on that lure, like, they're going to strike it regardless of what the material is. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever thrown off a one that you would like to have back? Have you ever done that? Dozens. 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 Ugh. It hurts, Pete. Oh, it hurts hearing the stories. It's painful. Uh, man, it hurts thinking about never fishing those baits and, and experiencing the things I got to experience with them. Because if I had fished scared, yeah. man, I'd never known the things I know now. No <laughs> Don't be scared, Pete. True. Tie that thing on and throw it. Uh, I aspire to tie one on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you you can't imagine. I spent years throwing big baits and, and <laughs> couldn't make it work. Yeah, but, uh, what are you talking about? No, I I, I did. Well, back in Nam. Uh, well, <laughs> Junior, <laughs> you gotta understand. I've been around a little, uh, you know. You. Yep. But um, Up but dude, is Justin Kimmel? Yes. On with us now. Justin. JK, you back? I'm back. All right. Woo! What a great combo to listen to, man. I, I, yet again, blown away. We extracted a couple more things from Oliver that he may or may not have wanted to give up tonight. Except, <laughs> except for the moon face. Except moon face. Yeah. Except moon face. <laughs> yeah, job well done. <laughs> but, JK, uh, I know you always bring it, man. I know you're an aficionado. Down in Mexico, you were gliding um, and caught some <laughs> big ones, and I know it's something that uh, you really enjoy. But I, I know you you reached out session. you reached out to guys, and and you always bring an amazing list. What do you got for us tonight? So tonight we did a post panel, and uh, you know I didn't just reach out to all the gamut of of guys. I tried to reach out to pros that I know actually you know, throw the big swim baits. Um, Cause I felt like it'd be, you know, I'd be, I'd be curious to see what they'd say. Mm -hmm. um, 
And uh, the, the question of the night was to our bashing instructors was, what's your favorite big swim bait, big in capital letters? And, you know, I was really crossing my fingers, hoping we wouldn't get some five inch grass pig or something, you know, <laughs> answer, <laughs> you know, some guys think they're throwing a big swim bait when they're throwing a five inch boot tail, but, um, but yeah, I got some good ones. Uh, we'll just start through the list and then I'm going to want to hear, um, what Ike has to say, because I know he's throwing it and, uh, Pete, you just stick to those black Cinco's man, because <laughs> we already know. <laughs> I will, I will keep that in my hand and a flipping stick. And I think, I think I'm going to keep doing that for a while. <laughs> hey, man, AOI titles. I think we can, uh, we can all, we can all learn, learn something there, but anyways, it was a fun question tonight. Um, Jordan Lee started out with him. He said probably a six inch mag draft, which now that we have Oliver on, he's going to go ahead and say that that is not a big swim bait. <laughs> That's pretty big. I mean, it's, it's, but, yeah, moderate. it's well, what did tournament bait, I guess. Palinic won on a mag draft. Uh, and, six or an eight. I think he was throwing the big one. I think he was throwing the eight. He's throwing both. Yeah. He's throwing both. Yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a six inch mag draft freestyle, right? And that's the first mag draft I started throwing. That's a ten inch. Wow, that ten is just it's a big difference. Big that's difference. Goliath, man. It's a lot Goliath. of meat. Man, awesome show and tell there. The meat. So we're gonna move to our buddy GDP, who's not with us on the show tonight, but he's with us in spirit, and especially on the Spit pros it. panel. And he gave up a bait that he's been catching a lot of big ones on. Oh. And that's the Jackal Gantia. The Jackal Gantia. And he specifically said scale gill for his color. Wow. Huh. And I was like, wait a minute. Were you talking about the Gantro? Thinking it was a big, that bluegill bait. And he said, no, the Gantia. And he sent it back to me. And it's like a triple jointed bait. So it's not a glide bait. Oliver, are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. It's, I guess it's just a, a winding bait, you know, it's, it's got three joints, you know, kind of like, I guess a triple trout esque bait, but one more joint. So I, I actually had not seen that bait. So that's cool to get to hear something that's actually working for him. Yeah. Shout out to GDP, mm. you know, yep. nice trip in Florida. Look forward to having you back in studio sometime soon. Yep. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> our pal, uh, our pal ish Monroe. He's going with the S waiver 200. Um, didn't get much details, but we got the S waiver 200. <laughs> How's he going to fit that in his new streamlined boat situation? He, he was going to give us an know. answer, but Is he had to go. Actually in your boat. He has one in there. Just one. Just one. <laughs> we miss you ish. <laughs> like, never mind. And, uh, we asked to uh, Ike's other former travel partner, John Cruz. Johnny Cruz. And uh, he said, I plead the fifth. And then he, said, he said, he's not giving it but up. Then, he, then we had to, you know, go with the uh, professional fish head extraction tools. And uh, he said that he's given a lot of, uh, well, a, a subtle group of mag drafts, a good tour of the country. So. Uh. He did give up that he's he's used a, a a mag draft a lot, so another vote for the mag draft there. Ah, uh, he's 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 uh he's holding it holding things back. 
He's a TK yep. guy. Clash nine and a TK. Uh-oh. He ain't trying to admit it, though. You, uh-oh. I don't know he's challenging that, uh, challenging right. that uh, challenge. feedback. Calling challenge. You, calling you out, John. <laughs> Big challenge, folks. Inside info. So this one, this next one, this guy's not a pro, but he is a friend of the show, and he is somebody who will remain nameless. Um, his name may or may not rhyme with firing shoulders. Oh, yeah. And uh, he is dedicated. Let me go ahead and preface this. He has dedicated himself to catch the next Tennessee state record bass. And it wouldn't surprise me if he if he does it. Like, he is totally sold out on breaking a state record. And uh, he's confident that he's around him. And he's catching giant, giant bags on big baits. And I think uh, if you know who I'm talking about, you can go follow him and see that he had a couple 35-pound bags last weekend. Ooh. Um, but uh, how are we going to follow? But yeah, he said, <laughs> he said eight inch high power herring, eight, eight inch HPH is his favorite. And then this close second is the eight inch bullshad glide. So big, big fan of the glide baits right now for a, uh, a trophy hunter, as we'll title him. Brian Thrift, we uh, contacted him. I know he loves playing with the big baits. Um, he's actually given this one in a different type of question uh, on a pros panel. So it's cool because now we know for sure it's legit. Um, he, he threw it again, and I don't, I don't think this is a sponsor thing or anything, but it's the Depths Silent Killer 175. Says he gets a lot, of, uses it a lot in practice and gets a lot of big fish on that one. What's that look Depths like? Depths Silent Killer 175. What does that look like? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver's got them all. He's got just, one. He's got one. I, I, I don't know anything about it. Oh, wow. You know what it looks like? It, it's just uh, it's what they used to make the depth slide swimmers out of there and just pop the bills out and wait them. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it's a build slide swimmer. Okay. Gotcha. So it's got a bill on it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fixed polycarb- uh, polycarbonate bill. Huh. Okay. Is that I, well? It's fixed, so it's not like the Clash where you can change no. it out and change up actions. It's got. So, what do you do with it? Do you crank it, or is it? Is it got a lot of different things you can do? Uh, you can wake it. You can crank it down. You can do all kinds of things with it. Okay. But most guys crank it. Yep. So, uh, John Murray. I reached out to John. John loves uh, glide baits. Uh, I can remember watching him on Bassmaster Live at Lake Havasu. Uh, getting some really big followers and not connecting at that elite series event that uh, Aaron Martin's won on the bird pattern. But uh, he, he loves glide baits. And he said the S waiver 200 size as well. Um, and I'll, t- I'll t- tell you another tip that we've learned from John in a Bash U class is that he's put those strips on the bottom of that S waiver to catch bass, you know, as deep as 30 and 40 feet on the on the glide bait so he's been doing that for years waiting waiting those glides and getting them down so i can only imagine if he was doing that pre forward facing sonar how much fun he's having with uh forward facing sonar doing that you know that kind of deal because that's that's out of my league man that's out of my ballpark you know catching them Catch catch them on a glide bait that deep that's deep i like it when they're looking up and they're they're using the surface (laughs) Here's, but, a, here's uh, a tip. Uh, not all of those sticky weights are created equal. 
by oh. far the best ones that I've used, including this season, especially because you can get like specifically um, weighted ones, including like two gram and four gram, which is like really heavy versus okay. what most of us can find in the Bass Pro Shops. Um, it's made by Gancraft. I don't know where you guys are going to find them, but uh, <laughs> don't search for them. <laughs> Dude, that's some that's some good juice right We're there. Mike writing all. it down. I'm writing it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm right. taking notes. Taking notes. I like taking it. notes. Me too, man. All right, so uh, reached out to Chris Albain, and I honestly was just figuring, okay, is he going to say the eight inch or the ten inch or you know whatever on on Maggie? Because I've been in the boat with him when he's caught bigs on Mag Draft, where you've all seen it, um, and Chris did not say that he uh, referred to the one that he caught him on live this year at fork um he said his favorite big swim bait is the tater hog hog father gizzard shad glide tater hog it's also my favorite but he has a lot more uh, bites with it and proof he said he likes and this is where he goes into bash you mode for us <laughs> i like the foil finishes in clear water and the opaque white colors and stain just about everywhere the elite series visits six pounders key in on those big gizzard shad mm -hmm. i won't get many bites on it throughout the year but when i do get those dozen or two dozen bites in it every year that's a lot of bites to me i'm convinced there's no other lure that can deliver those kinds of weights it's a work of art that actually gets bit not a ton of ah. big hard baits that do the same so I was actually a lot of affirmation there for Tater Hog's hog father. Yeah, I was actually surprised Thrift didn't shout out Tater Hog. I mean, they're boys, mm. like Norman boys. I don't know. Yeah. What's up, Thrift? Well, apparently they're not going to be boys anymore after that comment. Not after I tell them what. I'm telling them. Shout out to Tater. Enjoy talking to him at one of our interviews. Yes, you know. Yep. I know that Thrift's former favorite big bait was a – a glide bait that uh, Matt or Tater Hog no longer makes. So maybe that's why is this that nobody can get him. Maybe that's why he's not saying it. Not not sure. Don't, so, specu uh, don't speculate. Who knows what goes through anglers' minds? <laughs> well, who's next? The next one is the last one until we want to hear from Ike because I know he's totally dove into the scene and made peace with the big baits. Um, but, uh, Paul Bailey, he's oh. the guy who taught me how to throw the glide. I, I took a trip with him to learn. We were throwing the 250 side swimmers and the, uh, I think another big Gancraft, uh, one, but, uh, got to see some things I've never seen before with him out at clear, like, you know, nine to 12 pounders following the bait, but he says he's got a new favorite big bait and he, he said it's a soft bait. It's, he said it's the. It's been the 6.8 Gancraft Bariki Shad. He said he rigs it with a 10-aught <laughs> owner beast hook rigged my way. And what he said about his, his way is he takes a Carolina keeper, puts it on the hook shank to keep the hook from popping out of the top of the bait when smashing rocks. Keyword, folks, when smashing rocks. It said, he says it keeps it weedless, and when they get it, it collapses inside the hook slot. The reason the Barikis is so good deep is it stays down. A lot less float than most everything on the market. He says it's his new crankbait. 
It's not real big. You know, Paul's own 10, 12 inch baits. He's not really calling it a huge bait, but when you need a big bite, you know, and it, it takes his big rod and big line to hook them and boat them. So he's, I'll show you real quick about the picture he sent rigged his way. It's got that Carolina keeper right on that hook. If you can see that. So that's the Bariki Shad. And he puts that, that uh, Carolina keeper right there. Huh. Says he's been catching a lot of bigs grinding that thing on the bottom. Like you're fishing a crankbait. Thought that was really cool and unique. Uh, Oliver was doing some show and tell there. You got you got some some juice for us on that one. Oh, absolutely. That that's a great tip by Paul on the Caroline Keeper. But be on the lookout for these guys. EKK hooks are freaking sick. And this thing is called a Titan Diver. You see that? Oh, it's exactly what he's doing. It comes and it's got these silicone stoppers that uh, do exactly what that Carolina keeper does, but you're not sitting there fighting with a pair of pliers trying to force feed this thing in there. Right. It literally comes um, assembled on that hook. And the dope thing about this one is it's actually got like a modular system. You can actually remove the weight and add a different size weight to it. Whoa. Or fish it without it. Like it's slick, man. And you can actually even take off the underspin portion of it as well hmm. write that down mike yeah I, no like, i did yeah bkk titan diver uh i think your boys at tackle warehouse just started carrying them cool uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is i think they're just carrying like the smaller sizes but do they make them in eight aught like i just showed you 10 aught 12 aught 14 aught 16 aught and 18 aught like gnarly Ooh. What the hell's that? I got to get an 18 all just to have it. <laughs> tuna hooks, guys. These are tuna hooks. That was yeah. 18 knots. 18 knots bigger than any bass I caught on the Delaware last weekend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's huge. Oh but yeah, that's that's a dope system. So for you guys that don't want to stick yourselves trying to get a Carolina keeper on a you know a different weedless hook, check that out. Oh, nice. That's really cool. It's a great tip. I, I really thought this whole smashing it into rocks, talking about the bait's got less float, so it stays down. Who makes that bait? You know? Huh? Who makes it's it? It's a Gancraft bait. Gancraft? It's a Gancraft soft bait. It, that's the one. He's holding it up right there. Bariki Shad. By Bariki. Bariki and, Shad. Hold, hold that up again full screen. Can you put it on? Oh, I'd like to see that bait. I'd like to see What that. sizes do they make, yeah. uh, Oliver? So this is the biggest one. This is a 6.8, but then there's a 5 and a 4 and even a 3. And oh. I was fishing a lot of those smaller baits uh, along with a spark shad and a hazardong shad this season just to give those fish a different look and a like slightly different uh, swimming profile. Man, they, they definitely are going to be in the boat next year. Like, they, they mm. can they catch Yeah, them. my ears perk up when I hear the qualities of it staying down. You know, a lot of times I feel like, you know, we as novice anglers, so I'll, I'll put myself in the novice swim bait angler category. You get a little too fast sometimes when you're trying to grind a swim bait on the bottom and it's easy to get that thing up. So if there's a bait that's going to help me keep it down, 
and making bottom contact, it, it makes me, you know, my ears perk up big time. Yeah. So I'm going to have to uh, add that to the tackle warehouse order list. Very interesting. Excellent. Great list, JK. Yeah. Good list. That, that was terrific. Man, bonus part of my job, man. Yep. I, lo I love doing it. You know, I really appreciate all you Bashu TV instructors um, participating. Wait. But now I want to hear Ike's yeah. favorite. Can I, can I take a guess? I yeah, take a guess. It's a uh, a prototype. Prototype. Ike approved. Yeah. And then you take no. it from here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. No, I I I I mean I honestly can only tell you what you know from my experience in the last year. You know, and mm -hmm. all my success with big baits have come on basically three baits. So on the hard side, it's uh, it's Kevin Brightwell's the KGB. You know, um, it's. What what are the two sides? The Chad Chad and the Legend. The Chad, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, the Chad and the Legend are the two there, which is a hard glide bait. It's um, Keith Thomas's uh, swim bait, which and his, yeah. What what's he calling it? The Donk. The Donkey. The Donk's a ten inch bait. Yeah, the Donk, which is ten inch, and then he's got a new small one now called a Muscle Hamster. <laughs> his son's bait. The <laughs> son's bait that I fished. It's like more like a six or seven, probably right. Smaller than a ten. Yeah, it's six. Six. Yeah, I'd say it's six, yeah. And they're, they're both hard single-joint baits. Um, but the other one I want to throw out there is one of the biggest bass I caught this year with Brian the Carpenter on a trout bite came on the baitsmith. Oliver, come on. We were looking at the bait when you were here. <laughs> and shit, like a month or two later, I went out with it and caught a donkey with it. <laughs> baitsmith. Big that ass. That big separate pounder you caught in that yeah. trout lake. It's this big-ass like rubber trout. I caught I a trout. I told you you needed to be throwing that thing. Look at that I thing. Mean, that's it. That that's it. Through the trenches. Yep. Big-ass Batesmith. Yep. That's All right. Cool. I got to go back. Let's go back to 05, 06, mm. when the big bait craze hit the Elite Series. Oh, yeah. And you were out there. They were taking you freaking all over. God knows what your gas bills would be now. But, man, like, I think it was Amistad. Yeah. I remember this. I remember, I'll just try to describe it. I remember this, and maybe it was an Osprey, but I remember this kind of Osprey category looking like bait. And it had big old orange throat, bunch oh, of yeah. green, and oh, yeah. vibrant yeah. colors. But you were catching donkeys on. Donkeys. What was that bait? It was uh, a through line, and it was the only company at the time that was making the through Swim line. Babes? Swim Babes. Yeah. California E. <laughs> Yeah. Was the swim bait. And, you know, so, and again, I didn't know shit about shit, except that they <laughs> loved it. They were eating it. And, and that big one was like a tilapia pattern, you know, because oh. the tilapias were real brown. They had a little orange in them. And that yeah. was the deal there. But then I went to Falcon and figured out how to catch them with that same bait deep. And true tungsten at the time. So what happens is all those through lines have a cop, have a, have a aluminium <laughs> uh, what aluminium, aluminium, aluminium. <laughs> uh, at the time they were aluminium and they had a, it's basically like a little that's uh, aluminum right for everybody yeah and it's the piece <laughs> where your line goes through the body right yeah. and yeah. what i started doing was i would pop those jaws out because they didn't weigh anything oh. and true tungsten oh. made a tungsten sliding weight along like a tungsten mojo way. yeah yeah and i would you just glue those in there yeah i would i would put wow. super glue on there and i would push it in 
put mustard on it. And I yeah. could get that bait 30, 40 foot deep. On, on the second day at Falcon Lake, I caught a 10-1 on the baby E in about 40 foot of water, slow rolling it. It was my first fish of the yeah. day. And uh, that day. Did they like, have a camera on you for that? What's that? Did they have a camera on you for that? They didn't have a camera on me because I had the first day I only had 37 and a half pounds. <laughs> five, and guys were catching like 40 pound bags. So I wasn't, I didn't even have a camera on me. Are you serious? But I lost big fish that day to a 12 13. Oh my God. Uh, wow. But that was, the through lines were amazing. They were yeah. amazing for a while there for me. It was like, that was a swim bait yeah. that I really, and I took, we took them back home. We took them to South Jersey. They were eating them like crazy. I don't know. Through lines haven't been as effective for well, me. And it's, I don't know. you know, the amazing thing about the, the through line, because uh, yeah. I was throwing them heavy at that time, is the strike to catch is insane. You never, yeah. you never pretty lose good. it. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. You know, they bite it. It's caught. It's pretty good. Pretty good ratio because that bait yeah. would get away from the hook. Yeah. You know, and even even if it was big, you know. Yep. See that, BTC? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm throwing know. through lines yeah, before uh, you even <laughs> knew what a swim bait uh, was. Oliver, what you know <laughs> Oliver, what you know about that what you know about that burrito through line? What you know about that burrito? Well, I don't have any personal experience with it, but I see plenty of guys smashing them on it. Okay. I've been hearing yeah, a little silicone base and not plastisol. Yeah, I've been hearing so a little there. chatter about the burrito through line. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Good stuff. Hey guys, we have some amazing prizes that Oliver's donating and uh, Oliver. We're gonna be giving them away. Get ready. Get ready, because <laughs> BTC has some questions that really? he has prepared. And uh boom, boom, it's gonna boom. be based on tonight's show. Or, or something else. Or Ken Duke stepped up or, and, and oh, blew it what? out away. Or yeah. shout out to the professor. It's too good for yeah, the other ones would have been they'd have been bah, bah, bah. Okay. <laughs> Ken Ken's Ken's made made life hot on them. All right, guys, get your thinking caps on because we're gonna be giving away some really, really cool stuff. Are you ready to, to give something away, Brian? Come on. Let's Al go. Alex? Absolutely. Which one would you want to go with first, Brian? The grand prize, or should no, we do the we're defined? We're going to save the grand prize. And again, guys, if you're watching, sign up for free. Get in there. There's still time. We got a $200 gift pack. I don't know. By the time Oliver goes through, it might be 300. Who, who, who the hell knows? Yeah, we got amazing. By the uh, time he sends it to me and I send it out, it might <laughs> yeah, be 150. We want that half. <laughs> we want that half Chad in that box. Do, <laughs> do not, do not let these gifts pass BTC's how, garage. How dare you? The uh. You know, guys, right now, go check it out. Cyber Monday special, Cyber Week special, really. It's $49 for six months. Bash you TV, and you get access to all this great stuff, all our pro member offers. So go check it out. You can try it out for free, too. But we're, we want, uh, we're going to be giving away this prize to one of our subscribers. Mm -hmm. So you got to be a subscriber to win big That's true. at Bash you TV and learn big, honestly, because Oliver – has amazing swim bait content that's available right now. The, what we just touched on uh, with fraction. him tonight is, you know, is just a fraction because you can go check him out using his off-brand boat over at Bash <laughs> TV. <laughs> Several seminars available there, and, and you can learn a lot. Yes. Yep. You can learn a lot. So go go check that stuff out. But are you ready to, to answer, ask the question? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go with that. That Defiant 210 and a Big Bass Dreams hat and a shirt. Big Bass Dreams. Yes. All right. What company 
first patented a lure with a diving lip. What company first patented a lure with a diving lip? Mm. Wow. From, from the mind of Ken Duke. That's a good question. Yeah. First company, the first patent lure with a diving lip. Going to say it was I a hundred. Can, can I guess? Uh, I don't know. I can't give it away. No. <laughs> I'll write it down and show it to you. Yeah. I don't know. I like when you guess. I like when you guess. Well, I can't say it. We, don't, we never know the answer. It's got to yeah, be this yeah, one. But I mean, you know. It's got to be that one. It's got to be that one. Nah. What? Let me see. What would you write? Oh, I know it now. Nah. What? Let me see. Let me see your paper. <laughs> there were my two. Ding, ding, ding. I see a winner. Wow. Oh, boy. Damn it. Can we guess now? Hey, let's let's hear your guesses. Uh, my guesses were Rapala, which got the no, and then Hedden. Hedden, which got the no. What is? What was the spoonbill? Was that a lipped bait? No. Piece of metal. Is that what it was? Yeah, bent spoon. That doesn't mm. count. Alex. Bring it. The Talk winner it. of I kind of remember this gentleman's name. He might be rivaling New York Chris in his stockpile of bass Hell human yeah. high five winnings. But the winner of the Defiant 210, along with the big bass dreams hat and shirt, is none other than Lee C. Coming yeah. in first with the correct answer of Creek Chub Bait Company. They patented ah. the Wiggler in 1920, <laughs> but yeah. they've been making it since 1906. And that, of course, is from the mind of the wonderful, powerful, all-knowing Kenneth Duke. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> all-knowing, all-seeing. Of course. I remember those those angled lips that came down. Um, Rapala did make those lips in uh, in plastic. or Yeah, the shallow shad wrap. Yeah, in that same yeah, lip design. And then they ripped it off for the uh, uh, hybrid hunter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Lisa, right, right. congratulations, Lisa. All right. Remi remind us to mute Brian's mic in the future. So what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> hey, congratulations. Thanks for hanging out with us. He's, he's very prolific. Uh, Bash University fan. Appreciate it. And um, yeah. we've got another big question coming up. Yeah, and, and Oliver smoked. They were out saltwater fishing today. Yeah. My man almost got seasick, so we got to let him roll. Oh, man. Yeah. Get soft. Do you get seasick? I get seasick too, man. Yeah, I can. What do you use the patch or do you not? No, I just take a drama mean most of the time, yeah. and I'm, I'm good. But uh, today I, I didn't take one, and then I caught myself rigging tackle. Oh, like, oh yeah. And anytime I focus like that, like kind of gets me in trouble. So I was kind of teeter tottering all day, but I was fine. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely don't feel amazing. Well, uh, <laughs> did you? Well, your appearance was amazing. Yes. How's yeah. that? You didn't and, show. Uh, and Riley caught this giant orange sheep's head thing, right? Yeah, yeah. California sheephead. Way cooler than that Gulf Coast Atlantic weird human teeth looking sheephead. Yeah, well, <laughs> of course, they got to have crazy hair. In, in the Cal West Coast. California sheepheads, black and white, uh, black and red, multicolored. Yeah. 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 Crazy looking. Yeah. Yep. And they're transsexuals. Wow. So Wow. <laughs> he, she, she, him. No comment. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're glad that you were able to, uh, you know, join us tonight. It's great stuff, man. <laughs> Appreciate you, except for the transsexual stuff. But, uh, uh, <laughs> it's science, Peter. Yeah. Science! <laughs> don't you question science. I don't know how you identify BTC, but... Uh, I'll show you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he identifies with fire hose. Yeah. Stop it. 
with whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he identified. We got a grand prize <laughs> coming up, folks. Yep. Oh, grand prize. Oliver, we're going to let you go, buddy. Thank you so much for <laughs> hanging out with us, man. Thank, Thank you. you. We awesome. love you. Good luck. We'll look forward to seeing you next year on the Opens. I'll see you at the Northern, yeah. buddy. You guys on the water. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a great one. Thanks so much. See you, bud. Hi, boys. Uh, That's awesome. That right. was awesome. We still have a grand prize, Peter. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. Were you ready? I'm ready. Who has the question? Alex? Oh. Yeah, I can go ahead and ask it here. Right, take it uh, easy. So, guys. <laughs> All right, Alex. You, you want to? Yeah. I'll let, okay, go, go with it. Alex, green light, go. <laughs> so this is going to be another antique lure question. This, again, is for the grand prize, a $200 mystery box, including a half Chad Chad. It's going to have machine lure works, <laughs> fishing, nickels, bass tricks, <laughs> anything that Oliver decides to throw in there. Yeah. And an minus what Brian takes out of it. bass boat, it's going to have everything. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So for the grand prize, the question is, what was the first swim bait <laughs> patented so we'd like the name of the company as well as the name of the bait. So if you guys get that in there, you'll be the winner of the grand prize question. What was the first swim bait patented? Is it that? Don't say that loud, bro. First swim bait. That's a good guess. Who's the say company? That's say a hell of a good guess. Come on, he's get camera on. Uh, I'm on the side. They can't, no, camera. No. No? Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I thought it was a good guess. It was a good guess. Mm. Huh. Wow. Well, once again, we already have a winner. Come on. Very quick. It was, same guy. Let's see, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the Ep same guy, but Ep it was Epic, Epic Eric, New York Chris. <laughs> who, who is it? <laughs> Winner of our grand prize tonight. I have to keep scrolling up because the answers are still flowing in. But the winner of the grand prize $200 mystery box of swim baits is Emil Wagner with the answer of the K and K animated minnow, which was patented in 1907. Congratulations, what? Emil! Out to Emil, our pal with oh, the there it goes. That's an actual dude. That's a joint. That's a jointed glide bait. Wow. From what it year? Is. Alex, what year? 19 what? 1907, Dude, right? When Pete, got, Pete got his first armpit here. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was just, he was in grade school <laughs> at the time, folks. <laughs> yeah. That's correct. I got 1906. Yeah. Wow, that's that. amazing. That's funny. Uh, we're going to hold go. uh, Alex's pay <laughs> moving forward. He's a, he's a Georgia guy. He works for pure fishing. It applies for the patent a, in 06. He's a got stick. Yeah. Wow, man! That way ahead of the curve there to have a a jointed swim bait in 1907. Dude, was it S swimming back I then? I wonder if it was. It has the single joint. It may have Dude, been. I mean, it's the same hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, is right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh shit! That was perfect. Oh yeah. Back then, as easy as the fishing was. Oh, you could cut him on that. You would cut him 50 on a, in, a, in, in five casts. You would cut 50. That's right. Yeah. Everybody's like, ah, oh, new bait. 10, t ten You know, case. super high tech. <laughs> Nobody's ever seen it before. Nah, 19 for whatever. Seven. Gosh. You know, it's just hitting puberty. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Been around forever. Ugh. Good Lord. Uh, hey, great. Boy. Great. Unbelievable. Unbelievable answers. Yeah. yeah, they were good answers. I you can't know? believe our viewers are very, uh, they're smart. They're you know? super quick. They're smart. They're smart and they're really quick. fast with Google. They are yeah. fast with Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, using, they're using Web3, the dark web. 
the they're Google doing machine. something. Uh, good show, Pete. A lot of lot of great little tidbits tonight. We talked about fall fishing. Gosh, we talked about tight wobble crankbaits. We talked about Chest big hair. baits. We talked about off-brand boats. <laughs> we talked about a lot of good stuff tonight. <laughs> it was really it was good. fun. It's good having you in studio, man. Oh, you know, because yeah. we're not going to have you for a long time. Well, you know, I'm going to be floating around here and there. The good thing about the elites, if you look at the schedule, February sucks, March sucks. But once you get to April, May, June, the rest of the season, yeah. there's one a month, one tournament a month. That's very cool. So that's really good. I'll be fishing the three Northern Opens as well. So I'll have those sprinkled in there. But, man, I'm looking forward to being what schedule. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good season. I have a good feeling about it. It's going to be a good year. It's well, awesome we bag. we are going to see you uh, possibly, probably in Florida. Hopefully we'll see it Florida. Uh, we've got some big things we're announcing, uh, hopefully officially announcing here in the next week or so right. uh, with BashU and Bassmasters, some real exciting stuff. Very it's exciting. Be good. Yeah. And then, of course, the Bassmaster Classic, Brian DeCarpenter, if this new – uh, a strain of uh, South African COVID uh, uh. doesn't take over the world. I think there's a good chance we're going to have a nice classic again, and things will be good. South Carolina, going to be Carolina. a blast. Yeah, we're coming. We're going to be there. Hope you guys are going to be there too. I'll be there fishing it, the kayak classic. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's exciting. I, I saw this comment. I think it was. I think it was on the YouTube earlier. You're able to use a net. In the kayak event. You can use a net in, in the, the kayak Bassmaster event. kayak yeah. event. Yeah. But not the Bassmaster no. boat event. Nope. And it was interesting. I could use a net, and I brought the net with me, the, that event that I won on the bay this year, but I never used it. Really? For the same reasons that Oliver said. I really felt like it's like every time like you would go to get the net, you'd be fumbling with uh. it. You'd lose the yeah. momentum. And I just decided in that tournament to – Land the fish without the net, like a man, like a man, and and the <laughs> spinning rod fish, yeah, spinning rod fish, I land it, you know, by hand. I cradled them or lift them, and the two that the two big ones I caught punch in, I just boat flipped them, just like you would on a regular <laughs> boat. You kayak know? flipped them. Yeah, kayak yeah. flipped them. It was great. Mm. It was awesome. What do you think about that? I do you think that the professional kayak trail should move to a no net? You know, I I think you're going to see a lot of changes in the leagues over the next dozen years half a dozen years i think it's it's growing i think the momentum's yeah. on on its side to keep growth uh, uh, keep growing you're going to see colleges you're going to see college kayak fishing really start to become a thing i love mm. it i think it's great you know the problem with with high school and college fishing was always those kids can't afford a sixty thousand dollar boat right with yeah. kayak fishing if you open it up to that dude college kids can afford that college kids can all of them can own their own mm. kayak you know, Most so I can open up, man. When I was in college, dude, the more <laughs> you see these championships. So the Hobie Christine Fisher just won How about that? 30 grand first place. What? The Bassmaster she Classic. Did? Yeah. The Bassmaster Classic Kayak Championship in March. 30 grand. Uh, wow. Chad Hoover's is 20 or 30 grand. And, and this is the beginning of it. As these prizes go up and up, you're going to see you're going to see this get to be a big, well. big part of professional fishing. I'm telling you. It's coming. I got a question for you outside of kayaks. Yeah. Um, when you go back and weigh in on your first tournament at the Elites, will you automatically be fined? 
Like, because as I recall, yeah. on your last tournament on stage, yeah, you crowd surfed. I did. I crowd surfed. You violated all. I did. I threw my jersey into the crowd, you which did was a all direct violation. Things. I did. But that was that was, that was the under trip. Yeah, that was the regime under trip. <laughs> the regime. And, and I feel like I am the the uh, what what is that? The statute of limitations is up uh, for that now. So I think I'm okay. I don't know. You might have uh, an out there. And the other thing is, you got to remember now we have new tournament director Lisa. And I'm also the elder statesman now. I'm one of the old guys, so I think maybe they'll cut me a little bit of break. Maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'll talk to some people. Yeah, yeah talk I'm, to some people. Get me I'm, fined. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> be the same. Yeah, you know. I, I think a fine is in order. Yeah. Hey, I, I got a <laughs> shout out. Uh, Jason Christie was on our YouTube feed tonight, watching and and commenting. Christie I E. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Good to have you with us, buddy. Yeah. I don't our know best youth instructor. Yep. One of the most popular ones. One of the, the most popular because he gives some of the huh. most powerful, you know, informative seminars on Bash University. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, every time we release his stuff, it just gets huge feedback, uh, you know, he's across Bash he, channels. He's a natural. He's a natural. He re- yeah. yeah, he's a nat- He's one of those it's ones. hard to duplicate that. Yeah, he's, he's in that category with Aaron mm. and Ott, you know, Jacob Wheeler. I, I, they're naturals, man. They're. Yeah, it it it's pretty unbelievable when you look at it. What yeah, all, what all and he won he this year, right? <laughs> yeah. He, so he's 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 fishing the classic. He won this year at the Sabine, I think. But it's his top five finish that still blew me away. And I'm telling you, if you guys watch that live show, I put a newsletter out out about this. I still which one? Still which one was that? Have the Neely Henry event? Oh yeah. I still have yet to uncover <laughs> what that brand of tube he was flipping in the water willow, getting five times as many bites as anybody else in the field. Oh. And I want to know so bad. It was like a gray, bland, smoky colored tube. Oh. And I the mean, I have purple been searching po-boys. and searching and searching for what that tube is, oh. trying to ask people using all the connections. It's still. connections. Yeah, come up. <laughs> no, Jason ain't gonna tell me. No. Yeah. Using all Mike oh, and Pete's yeah, connections. <laughs> yeah, if I remember, if I remember Crack Crack on that one, he was fishing right in the same area as a lot of the guys that were had success, right? Not far from the boat ramp, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing the boat ramp like in the back, in like the background, yeah. like the bridge and the boat ramp. Yeah. Like he was right there. Huh. He was getting twice the bites, maybe three times wow. the bites. Wendell, Logan, all those guys were getting, yeah. you know, that stretch was hot. Mm. I think it produced practically all the top 10, you know, you had a crazy event, you know, with the water coming through that system, it, yeah. you know, and then it already fluctuates like two feet from the top end to the bottom. It's a weird lake, but the, uh, I just can't, I can't believe, you know, I've never, I've been around water willow all my lo- life and I've never flipped a tube in it and it's what, uh do you, do you, got me. did you identify what kind of hook he was throwing uh he was flipping i think a wide gap a i think he was gap. going i think he was going bill lowen style not like wesley strader who is another guy who still flips a tube it's on his deck a lot wesley uses that trocar tube hook it's like a big circle gaff hook you know it's got a big keeper yeah yeah but Lowen's big thing, and he said this in a, uh, I think the ca- the catcher limit class, like how to get a limit. You know, always catching five. That's what Bill Lowen was known for. Yeah. And and 
a tube was a big part of his upbringing, flipping it, you know, Ohio River. And Bill Owen flips it on a wide gap hook. He takes the super line wide gap hook. He bends the point just barely up. And then he keeps the, uh, when he rigs the tube up, he makes sure the eye of the hook is out of the plastic. And he said, that's the biggest thing. That's right. Yeah, I remember him talking about that in the seminar. And I want to say it, it was really hard to tell. Like, I can zoom in on photos and, and find out the uh, the baits, but it's hard to look at hook styles. But yeah. I want to say he was doing the wide gap hook thing with mm. like like low end style. Yeah, but well, fascinating stuff to me. Interesting, it, it really is the the old school tube, and nobody knows Bass University like you do, J.K. Uh, <laughs> you can bring it. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, your great list tonight. Yeah, uh, that was, was good. good one. Yeah, yeah, that was for good sure. <laughs> and uh, a lot of fun. What do you got, BTC? Shout out to Mark Jeffries. What's up with Mark? He's retired. Retiring, stepping away. From basketball and, and teaching and bowling and. From society. <laughs> <laughs> Is that official, though? I believe so. Oh, okay. I believe he announced it on his show yesterday, December twentieth. Oh, He's out. Okay. Well, congrats, Mark. Congrats, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for all you've done for yeah, us. Yeah, living the good life, buddy. man. Screw, screw working every yeah. day. And yeah, I didn't catch it on fun. the show. I caught the cliff notes from from uh, Duke, but uh, I believe he announced it on the show yesterday. Hopefully, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we just did. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. There's Mark right there. So, Mark. Hey, Mark. <laughs> Congrats <laughs> in retirement. Congrats in retirement, Mark. That's yeah. great stuff. December 20th. Wow. Less than a month. He's out. Yeah, good for him. He's out. Yeah. He's full-time BTL, in other words. He's not retiring. He, he's quitting that. What? Out. Let's give it to Matt. It's Matt's birthday present. Um, what? I got a retirement. That's yeah, I got a me. retirement coming up. I'm gonna. I I'm going back to win a couple more of those blue ones, another classic, and another yeah. AOY. As soon as I do that, I'm out. <laughs> as soon as I do that, man, just out. Oh, you're gonna retire. You're gonna retire from retiring, right? No <laughs> <laughs> Brett Favre on us. Brett Favre. I want to do. I want to do another sport though. You know, try something totally MMA? different. Ah, I don't think I'd be very good at, over there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, that's a bad way that's, to go. Nah, <laughs> those dudes are those Winter dudes are Olympics, real. you got time for the the next Winter Olympics. You could do that curling. The curling, I, be, could, I think I you, could do. The curling, I think I could do. You need to be under six foot, and you need to have a lot of energy because you're doing that a lot, you know? You, yeah. You might well, be a sweeper. I, I think I could do that. Yeah. I think I could yeah. curl. The uh, – Golf, I'm out. I, I'm just looking at all the sports that I yeah. I played with my world last year, and they're all I was no good at any of them. So football, no good. <laughs> Racing, no good. Uh, really? Bull riding, no. I wasn't. Really, nah, dude. I don't understand the drifting and the lines, and there's a science there that I couldn't really grasp. You okay. know, uh, bull riding, no good. Uh, none of it. The UFC, none of it. None of it. None uh-huh. of it. Any good. If you had to pick sports. one that you could figure out, which one could you figure out? Oh boy, I guess the maybe the racing. It had to be because yeah. half of them are physical and you can't yeah. No, I can't do any physical. Age. No, <laughs> nope, out. No, nah. Yeah. Ah. Oh, shout out to Dave. Shout out to Dave Brodsky, turn of fifty. Yeah. Our very own Good Dave yeah. Brodsky, AK Warts, AK Fathead, AK Wharf, AK Hudley Crockett. Yeah. Well done. Way to go, Dave. <laughs> he came in like a wrecking ball. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> 
He did. Uh, Pete, I'll play it for you later. He did. <laughs> all right, all right. He did. Well, great show, guys. Uh, Pete, let me remind everybody real quick. Listen, this is the big thing. This is a good sign-off. If you're watching and listening, you had a good time. Man, this is just a fraction of what you're going to get a subscriber. What better time than now, Pete, whether it's a holiday gift or whether it's a gift for yourself you know, to become a better angler. Right now is the gift, best time. Yeah, it's a great point. I, we didn't talk about this, yeah. but we got gift cards. If uh, you got a buddy, your fishing club buddy. A uh, husband, an uncle, a, husband, a brother, a wife, a what, cousin, an aunt. They want to fish. It's it's the best gift. Uh, it's the gift of learning. It's $49 for a six-month subscription to Bashu TV. We, we produce two or more educational pieces of content every week we got the live That's show awesome. you yeah. win gifts we've got great discounts it's it's the best pay place to be if you want to become a better angler so go over to bashu.tv get subscribed pass it around and um and you'll be thankful it's really going to help you be a better angler i can promise you we vetted all of our instructors they're the greatest anglers in the world teaching about what they're really good at like oliver and i teaching about how to catch Big giant bass on big giant swim baits. It's all available on Bashu TV. And even Oliver and I, coming from the content creation side, warns you about just getting your information oh, from yeah. anybody. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people yeah. out there just want to say that. I mean, I've been around doing it as long as Mike, but I, in by no means, feel entitled to be trying to teach people how to do this shit. So. Yeah, we, we pick some people that we actually catch them. We, we go out of our way to pick some pretty good instructors that know what they're talking about. It's all over there at Bashy.tv. That's right. Uh, Brian Carpenter, good show. What do you think, man? want to thank our guests here. We've got, uh, of course, Oliver Nye uh, yes. join us. want to thank uh, Alex and, and JK. JK. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank for, you, guys. Uh, for participating. We thank Pete and Dean. Thank you, man, for thank you for making it. And good luck this year. Yeah, I appreciate that. Appreciate we're gonna, that. we're all gonna be yeah. pulling for you. Well, Can't we wait. Have, we have a couple more shows here before the end of the year, don't we, Brian? You wanna, we do. You run it down real quick for That's everybody right. before we, we have, sign off. We have next week. We have a mystery guest. Oh, mystery guest. Yeah. Okay. We have not yet decided. Yeah, I like that. Um, the week after that, David Swenside. That Ooh. would be December fourteenth. Good guest. And Swenside is gonna bring it. Yeah. Guys, the giveaways on that show. You don't, if sick. you don't sign up for Bass you just you can be a part of that that, that giveaway that week. Yeah. One of them was twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. I think there was a mother coming. One of those mother guys. chaser. Oh. Yep. Wow. It's ridiculous. Crazy. Ridiculous. David Swenside, December fourteenth. And the twenty first, Seth Fighter. Wow. Seth. Well, I want to be can I be I want definitely I, w- I want to be for the Swinside and no, the Fighter. No, you can't one. be at the Swinside one. I can't. Okay. Why am I am I going somewhere? Because he's because you'll, you'll win the damn thing that uh, supposed to be for me. Oh, uh, <laughs> I won't be at that one. No, nah, you, whatever. Right. You should be at all of them. I should be at all of them. That's right. Yeah. All right. Cool, Pete. What do you think? Hey, it was great having you. And thanks for everybody for watching. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bash you live. And thank you to Ken Duke again. Ken Duke. Thank you, Ken. And Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Bye. Big swim baits. Bye. Oh. <laughs> Hold on, I want to. Bass fishing. Real tools that help you catch more fish consistently. At Bass View TV, shoes are optional. And I like turtles. We teach you to enjoy bass fishing. And that's why you want to check out Bass View TV. Join the Bass View family. Welcome to Bass View TV.
water not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minn Kota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Tackle Warehouse is proud to sponsor the FLW Pro Circuit and is the official tackle retailer of FLW. Providing proven bass fishing gear as well as the newest and hottest tackle. Our friendly and knowledgeable customer service staff can help you every step of the way. And we offer free ground shipping on orders over $50. Tackle Warehouse. Everything for the bass angler at the lowest prices. Guaranteed. I have to be constantly on the lookout for new techniques to stay on the top of my game. Giant. Some have been more Giant. successful oh God, than others. Giant. The finesse fingernail. Happens every time. The chain gang. Oh ah, broke it off. The crow's nest. Never let go. And don't even get me started on tackle management, especially trying to stop rust and corrosion. Peanut butter. Hmm, that's good. Motor oil. Gotta keep the rust off all these baits. WD-40. Gotta keep the rust off. Silica, toothpicks, Q-tips, the list goes on and on. I'm hard on tackle, I fish fast, I need my tackle organized and protected. I can't be worrying about losing baits to rust. And when it comes to tackle management, there's only one solution. Flambeau Tackle Storage Systems with Z-Rust Technology. The original anti-rust tackle box. Uncompromised clarity. Renowned durability. The infused anti-rust option that is FDA safe and free of harmful chemicals. The organization options are endless, but there's only one. One box, one anti-corrosion technology, one family-owned American-made brand, Flambeau. Z-Rust Tackle Solutions. Preserve, perform, repeat. <laughs>